0: I've never done whole parts. They take little tiny pieces. There won't even be a scar.
1: I think I found the problem. Oh, come on, you're the doctor
2: everyone. Lights out. And quiet.
0: I told you about how we turned the podcast hosts against me. I told you about Einstein. You did, sir. But since no one actually knows what the podcast hosts talked about that day, it's possible they didn't discuss you at all. They may have been talking about something more important, like the Barbie movie.
3: I am Death, destroyer of worlds. Hey, Got guys, it. we're doing Barbie. And I was going to do can it. Can you tell? I just, I just uh, said I mean, yes. You know already because you've clicked on the episode. Welcome to the Barbie yeah. movie where, where
0: Barbie has come to be examined. Uh,
3: can, not, not to jump, not to jump the gun, but I just want to say to the the audience that's listening when he says. I am Death Destroyer of Worlds. The context he says it in the movie it's is weird. maybe the craziest yeah. thing in Christopher yeah. Nolan's entire filmography.
2: <laughs> do you know what I found on YouTube Fantastic. earlier this week? I think just last night. I, you, y'all remember Epic Rap Battles of History?
0: Oh my God, do I? Uh, yeah,
3: the, do the, you mean the episode about Thanos versus, versus Oppenheimer? Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's one that's like Hitler versus like Megatron or something. <laughs> No, probably not Megatron.
2: No, it's Hitler versus Darth Vader. uh, No, it's Darth Vader. Vader. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we're going to talk about the Hollywood double feature phenomenon that has been Barbie and Oppenheimer. But of course, before the reviews, we have the news. Um, Dan, why don't you kick us off? What is
0: there to even talk about, really, other than the aliens? There's nothing. Because the aliens are the big thing, but we're an entertainment podcast. So we're going to talk about Willy Wonka. <laughs> um, yeah. the, the rest of you may be caught up with this uh, news that the government has been withholding alien secrets uh, for like fifty years now. Um, but I, I'm thinking about Timmy Chalamet and his cheekbones and how he looks in that big old Wonka hat. What? Uh, what? You know? What do you guys think of that? Before
3: we Before we even get into Willy Wonka, what movie star do you think is going to fuck an alien first? Hmm
0: christopher Plummer. <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i can't think of anything enough who who would fucking alien maybe seth rogan right jared
2: leto seems like a reasonable maybe lead. uh tom cruise yeah,
0: jared leto is a good yeah he's a contender i think i think grimes uh, singer, <laughs> Elon Musk's ex, has been like jonesing to fucking alien for the past like God knows how long. That, that was why she was with Elon, because he was the closest thing to. An why alien she owner. named
2: her child after a classified government document? What did she name <laughs> that kid?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. XA mm-hmm. six five L- seven eight X X A, but yeah, one zero zero one zero one zero zero one. Yeah, his his name is a barcode. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah uh, the alien stuff is crazy. Um, as is Timmy Chalamet in the Willy Wonka movie. Um, which you know
0: that's like an alien trying to be willy wonka it is weird but, but right to say at the very beginning he's like now listen close uh scratch that reverse it or yeah. something like that like he's trying to be like whimsical and stuff and it's not really working for him listen up
3: listen up and batten down yes. no hold <laughs> it's up reverse it that's
0: like an alien delivering that line
3: you know he didn't audition that's been the big thing that his agency has come out and said is that Timmy doesn't audition. So they offered him, they looked at a, a table of headshots and they, and they went like this and they went, it's Timmy. <laughs> and, uh,
0: maybe, maybe he should have
3: auditioned.
2: <laughs> maybe they should have tested it first.
3: <laughs> maybe they should have tested the concept. Yeah. Auditioned the we've, concept. Uh,
2: we've gotten, a, I was going to say we've gotten a couple trailers um, recently, mm-hmm. not just the Wonka, but we've also gotten the exorcist believer. Um,
0: Exorcist believer yeah. there you go so how did your guys as uh, audience react to that because they kind of did an old school it was
3: thing silence It in the old school was silence in might
0: went to the theater before it went online for like the opening of Oppenheimer yeah. um, so I actually yeah. didn't know it was Exorcist until like a minute or so into the trailer when the theme kicked in and I was like wait Are you kidding? Wait, I'm kind of like looking around. People are like, I know this music, but what is this music? And like right before the title card came up, some guy sitting in front of me with like, must have been like his girlfriend or something. He was like, no way. This is the exorcist. And then it went exorcist believer. And he was like, wow.
1: Uh,
0: So yeah, it it felt like my audience turned against that trailer like almost immediately when, when the music came in.
3: I I knew the what the trailer looked like because I had seen it in a bootlegged Exorcist yeah. uh, leak yeah. on Twitter. On the uh, Exorcist um,
0: database.
3: Well, what was funny was, so the person who bootlegged it, bootlegged it about halfway through the trailer, uh-huh. which is when you realize it's the Exorcist. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the first 30 seconds of the trailer wasn't in the bootleg it's- because I guess the person recording it right. was like, what movie yeah. is this? And then the girl walks into the fucking uh, church yeah. and the cross starts bleeding and they went, Oh, I guess, I guess they're doing, it, it almost again. seems like they're doing it's this uh, again.
0: like taken like six or seven or something. Like yeah. another taken movie. Cause it's like this, this, these guys, daughters disappear and they're like, we've got to get them back. And it's like, oh, okay, it's like another one of these movies, but then it morphs into like the force awakens for the exorcists. It's very, very bizarre. It
2: reminded me of prisoners for a second when the trailer started. Um, the Villeneuve movie with uh, Hall and Hugh Jackman, where this, it's mm-hmm. a similar setup. These two girls go mm-hmm. missing from two families and then they're found together. But that's just like a serial killer thriller. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> could not uh, have imagined seeing um, that lead actress back in the role. Really thought...
0: Ellen Burstein, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Crazy that she was easier to... to I guess get agreed to like a starring role and an exorcist reboot 40 years later over her daughter from the first movie who, who you would think would be the one to have that role. Right. And I'm, and I'm not convinced that like Linda Blair is not in the movie. I'm sure no, she's, she's a definitely in the movie. Yeah, she's, I'm definitely sure she's definitely a third, in the third movie. act thing. She, she comes yeah. in and she's like the specialist or whatever. Uh, but it's, it's weird that she, that they wouldn't do with her what they did with, instead they're giving the Lori treatment to the mom from the exorcist and you would think it would, they would do it with the daughter. It's very weird because Ellen Burstein is up there in age. She's 90.
3: No, the mom is getting like the Donald Pleasance treatment because it's like, it's like she's selling. It's cause it's cause she's like selling books about the exorcist okay. and she, they like <laughs> knock on her door and she's like, I know how to handle this. Mm. Your daughters, two of your daughters, you, know. you don't know what death oh. is. <laughs> my, my question is if your mom, if your if your daughter had been possessed by a demon and it was the most traumatic moment of your life, why would you ever interact with demon possessed? I thought you were going to say, would why you not would you, just you slam the door?
0: Um, they, prob- they probably, I mean. you know, after their, some of that, man, I'm sure she's a few rent payments behind on her place in Queens. And they're like, you know, <laughs> uh, well, what are you good for? You know, you know, ghosts, you know, demons. Want to come help us out?
3: You think they're going to CG... You know what's going to happen in the sequel, because it is a trilogy. I know you know this, damn. Mm. What's going to happen in the sequel is it's going to open it with a CG easy. Linda Blair as a kid. I,
0: I thought it was going to be like a CGI uh, Max Bond side out. You know, like <laughs> like, like falling out the window. Or, or no, or no Karis falls out the window. No, no. Like it's CGI Karis like, yeah. falling out the window, and it's like from his back, and like as his body passes the camera, it goes, Exorcist Believer, <laughs> like... Thirty years later, like fifty years later, however long, it's fucking. Tough.
3: What if, what if they CG bring that guy back, Karis? Like, like in the third Exorcist, to go to hell. What, the third Blumhouse Exorcist what, to go to hell, and he's there. What I want to know is,
0: um, is it going to be as vulgar? As the original exercise is, is, is it no. still going to be little girls no. going "suck my cock, you fucking bitch" or like whatever she was saying in the first one? Because <laughs> I feel but, like but, we're at a time what where the we do, we're no longer accepting of things like that.
3: Are we gonna my 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 question along with that, Dan, is will it be Pazuzu doing it's double Pazuzu. rent payments on two girls' body, mm. or will it be Pazuzu and his buddy right. Pazuzu and Pazuzu's son? Yeah. And the legacy mm-hmm. sequel is that Pazuzu has brought his son to the possession this time,
0: or, or you know that right? this time it's like a uh, demon that's from like the church of Pazuzu or like the cult of Pazuzu, and then like they're up to <laughs> real Pazuzu for exorcist to exorcist believer like, <laughs> trinity or whatever it's going to be called. Um, God, isn't exorcist this so is cynical? You, isn't it really this called? so dark? It is like the the fact that it's just like kind of it's doing the same thing that all of these horror reboots are doing where it's like billing itself as kind of a remake kind of a sequel it's like aping the structure of the first movie very closely or instead of like reagan pissing at the dinner party and saying justin you watched it the most recently yeah. what did she say to the guests right before she pisses on the dinner party she's like you're all gonna die up there or something uh, you're gonna die up there yeah. is not what she says yeah to the, it, the is, guy. it
2: is something like that yeah you're gonna die up there
0: yeah, they're they're aping that very closely with like having her piss in a the church and stuff. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like how Halloween 2018 had the same structure of 78, and Evil Dead Rise has yeah. the same structure of the first movie, and text, that Netflix Texas Chainsaw. is kind between different, but you know, still the, the same difference
3: thing. between Evil Dead Rise and those movies though. Evil Dead Rise is better than most Blumhouse movie, movies, is, that's for sure. Is, well, I mean, but, also, but also, Evil Dead Rise is doing new mm-hmm. stuff with the concept, even if the structure is the mm-hmm. same. You know what I mean? Like It's it's kind of throwing you new curveballs. The Halloween movie and what it looks like this movie look like just the same. <laughs> the
0: Halloween, that, that Halloween trilogy is so, so very much just that star wars trilogy but for horror even to where like by the third movie they don't know where they're going to go with it right they don't know what they're doing you know yeah
3: um they should have had john boyega show up and play the nigga with the glasses. they had
0: john boyega show up in the first one and you think is going to be really important and like by the third movie has like two or three lines
3: (laughs) yeah by the third, by the third movie, they have him playing a minstrel character. They're just like having him run around and be like, where's the white woman? Yeah. <laughs> Michael that, talks that. now, Michael John talks Boyega. Now. <laughs> yeah. John Boyega is so mad. This is such a, a slide deviation, um, but because we're not going to bring it on, or maybe we will bring it on the show, but we cloned Tyrone came out the same weekend as Barbie. They've been doing kind of the last gasps of press junket before they run out of material in the act because the actors are striking. Um, and they asked Boyega to rank his, the Star Wars movies he was in. And he was like, sat there for a minute and then was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll do it. And then he goes, and then he goes, force awakens, rise of Skywalker, last it's Jedi, and he goes, and that's my last, opinion. Last, last Jedi is the, the one because, where he has
0: the most screen time, isn't it?
3: No, I don't think so. He has that whole, I don't think plot, he has though, the most screen time. In force awakens. No, he he's, he's, He's it's Force Awakens. And then I think he has the second most screen time in Rise because he has a full s- integrated subplot in Rise of Skywalker.
2: So, uh, Wes, you mentioned that uh, actors haven't been doing a lot of interviews lately. And for those listening who aren't aware, that is an effect of the sag After strike. The actors, uh, 160,000 actors who are part of the uh, sag after union just joined the Writers Guild. Uh, in strike against the uh, executives behind streaming services and major studios. Um, basically, you know, when it what it all comes down to is they they want wage equality, they want better residual protection for uh, streaming services, and they want protection against the uh, the use of their likeness um, with artificial intelligence. That's the scariest uh, which, part.
0: Obviously, correct That's that the very is, worrying definitely. part. Yeah. Now, Justin, let's let's get a time frame. You said that. The, you said that SAG joined the WGA after they had been striking for nine weeks already. Is that right?
3: For nine weeks. So yeah. now yeah. SAG
0: is six weeks in?
3: Two or three. No, okay. SAG is only about three, two or three weeks in. Well, the thing was, so in 2007, when the last rider strike happened, they were at the back of the negotiating lineup. Mm-hmm. So usually, um, based on the when the contracts go, the riders could be anywhere the big three negotiate right and last time the directors and actors settled and the wga were held out to dry and they were striking by themselves um so this time they negotiated to go first thinking that maybe all of the uh unions would go with them and the dga struck a deal uh and the actors did not um so now we're yeah we're here until conservatively September but it could mm. go to December yeah.
0: and the medium org stands in solidarity of course with these unions and I specifically stand in solidarity with Fran Drescher who I didn't know uh, was the head <laughs> of SAG and who is so <laughs> fine and who still looks so good she's, she's and is Fran just fine. a sexy communist yeah she's doing great um, but yeah she she's she's on the front lines man the nanny, she's the one holding it all together. Isn't that crazy? Dan and <laughs> I, Dan and I,
3: were texting on the eve of this of SAG striking, yeah, really. which, by the way, hasn't happened since I think the eighties.
0: And that that conversation just kind of crumbled into talking about how hot Fran Drescher was. Well, <laughs> <to laughs> it was, it
3: was us. What, what it was actually was us being like, "Can we believe this is like essentially the not the last act of Fran's career, but like yeah. the back end of her career is going to be marked by her being, <laughs> being yeah, the a revolutionary, the revolutionary, yeah."
0: Yeah. yeah, a renegade uh, icon it's, of Union solidarity. What do you think?
3: What do you think, Mister Sheffield is doing right now? The nigga who plays him. do you think He's,
0: he's probably organizing <laughs> his sock collection. I don't know. <laughs> I- <laughs> <laughs> he's. I don't know. What, I, what did I don't you even want know- the answer
2: to be when you asked Dan that question? <laughs> what did you
0: think he was going to say? <laughs> <laughs> um, I. Uh,
3: I didn't think he was going to say that. Who
0: even is that actor, by the way? Because Mister Sheffield, as far as I know. The nanny's only named actor was the titular nanny, a friend trasher. Charles Shawnesse is his name. What's he been up to? <laughs> Hope you hear he's this, He's a silver Chuck. fox these days. He's looking good these days. Hey. Uh he was in the ho- he was in the Disney Channel TV Halloween movie Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. Oh okay. good. it's a big claim to fame. That's a good one. He I um, think he's in he the in in lawn Order. victorious. Okay. He was in Law and Order: Special Victims Unit. <laughs> yeah. He won a Daytime Emmy Award for Outstanding Performer in an Animated Program for his portrayal of Dennis on the Disney cartoon Stanley. Hey. Give it up. Give it up. Charles Sean Essie. Wow. You know what? So I stand corrected. He's had a pretty legendary career. That's what he's <laughs> up to these days. He's also a
2: fifth baron. According to uh, his Wikipedia, God,
0: uh, what is that? Uh,
2: you, you know, the what British just make up different ways to put like ribbons on <laughs> each other. But um, yeah, this is also the first time. It's like in, saying
0: he's a lord. Like I don't even know. This. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first
2: time in 63 years that SAG and the WGA have struck together, and we've seen a lot. Uh, come of it you know there's the effects are already evident comic-con just happened san diego
3: Mm comic-con no actors could show up who were sagged yeah the mcu actually canceled their panel they're they're kind of yearly it's kind of cool this is how we're going to destroy entertainment panel (laughs) has been canceled this year i just
0: imagine (laughs) with like how expensive those tickets get and how much prep people do like they work on their costumes all year imagine Mm -hmm. this is your first comic-con and there's like no one like not yeah. even Nathan Fillion is there, like signing headshots or anything like that. You know, <laughs> like not even not like even the J- guys on the bottom. Or I shouldn't say that, but, n- but not even like the guys who were always there were there.
3: Not even J- uh, James Gunn there to no. be like, here's concept art of uh, Sean Gunn playing Crypto the Superdog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess he could technically be there, but if he's in solidarity with SAG, then no, he shouldn't. Uh,
2: he's WGA. He's Director's Guild. Oh, he's WG. Oh, Sons of. Okay. He's
3: WGA. All uh, right, yeah. right. He said that he said that he was writing the Superman script, and he paused.
0: Mm. He, <laughs> like, he closed like, out Celtex. He's yeah, like, guys, yeah. <laughs> I shut my laptop and I put it in a box. Well,
2: Superman, Scoop. I'm sure would would be
3: in support of the unions as well.
0: Man yeah. was raised yeah. by farmers.
2: Yeah. That's a union boy right there.
3: Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, he's dude. he's a union boy, but I think I he's think a comrade. He doesn't talk to Batman about unions because mm. whenever he talks to him, Bruce is like. Well, you know, I mean, they're a little pesky. (laughs) (laughs) Like, who's who's the union of people making the bats? Like, are they unionized? By himself. Alfred Lu- is Lucius Fox is. Alfred just- is probably part of a union. Yeah, I
0: support union workers. I support crunching their bones under the tires of the Batmobile. I support Lucious shooting Fox them is- in the face with high-speed beanbags. I support
1: their
2: weight as I toss them onto their backs. <laughs> There's a movie to
3: be made about Lucius Fox, like running the Bat Suit Factory somewhere. Yeah. And one of those factory workers like turns to a life of crime because he's not making enough money and
0: Batman beats his ass. Batman always shows up whenever uh, Wayne Enterprises has to pay more taxes in some field. And he is not like that. It's an interesting. Wait here. You're gonna cut. You're gonna cut Wayne Enterprises tax out. <laughs>
2: um, but you know, listen. Like Dan said up top, obviously we're an entertainment show, and of course we talk about movies. And while we complain about movies a lot, we also recognize the immense talent and time that go into making them. Yeah. Uh, we are all filmmakers ourselves, and so. Uh, Even
0: bad movies, people do backbreaking work. Yeah.
2: And so while oftentimes the face of those failures or successes are, you know, the directors and actors, there's so many people coming together to make that stuff happen. And Mm -hmm. there's no type of work that you should do that shouldn't allow you to live, even if you love doing it. Um, So, yes, we do stand in solidarity with SAG, even as we go forward to talk about these two films.
3: Uh, Well, even before we get to the two films, uh, I think I think maybe the most important thing to come out of the last few weeks that we haven't been doing the show is that uh you know mattel has joined Mm -hmm. the very important and lucrative business of universe
0: universes
3: um time. i mean you know i think when you watch barbie which is uh on track to be Mm. the the fastest highest grossing movie of all time no movie has made i think five no i think that's it's 700. 750 dollars a million dollars in one week very fast um when you see those numbers obviously what you think is let's make a fucking poly pocket movie with <laughs> and <laughs> that's
0: Lena what Dunham, they're doing yeah <laughs> no the first question i have here is well i guess it's two questions who's gonna play poly pocket number one and number two are are we in hell are we in hell? <laughs> well, are we in the Lil ninth Collins. circle? Is this just like the seventh circle? We're not really at the bottom yet or like where are we at?
3: <laughs> I don't think we're at the bottom yet. Okay. I think I think in the last week, I think in the last week we've definitely sunk a rung. Yeah
0: yeah (laughs) um holy shit man well eventually they're going to be doing multiverse uh toy mattel movies and they're going to bring over the cast from the gi joes from like 2006
2: yeah it's going to be mattel and hasbro and yeah barbie's going to be on optimus prime's shoulder i didn't know that they
0: are (laughs) but you know wouldn't you believe
2: it um yeah no this is uh it's weird and it's not just Isn't is uh, uh, Barney uh, Hot, Wheels Hot Wheels also involved in that? Barney?
0: I think
3: there's a Barney movie that's coming out with Kaluya That's awesome. No, he is. What? He is. is. he? He is. Yeah.
0: So Mattel has been dabbling in like TV and film for as long as I guess Marvel has technically because because even Marvel had those shitty Captain America movies from the 90s. Yeah. So. Yeah. And
3: now That's we're gonna crazy. get Barney. Barney's like uh, gaining sentience, I guess, deciding he doesn't want to be yeah. friends with those fucking. But kids it's
0: anymore. not gonna just be a Barney movie about Barney being Barney. He's gonna come to the real world and like discover, I don't know, uh, e- economic disarray and uh, global <laughs> <He's gonna> warming <laughs> and uh, Fortune five hundred companies polluting the environment. It's gonna. It's, it's gonna, not just gonna be a Barney movie. It's gonna be about how like. Barbie was also about the patriarchy. He's gonna right.
3: walk out of Bar- Barneyland and he's gonna find like Daniel Kaluuya, Barney who's the executive Land. producer on the movie, nice. like trying to get a syringe of heroin into his arm and he's gonna go, no!
0: whoa, whoa, Listen, whoa, whoa! You can't be injecting <laughs> that into your bloodstream. You've got baby veins. You need to start with the thigh where the veins are much thicker. He teaches kids how to use drugs safely. <laughs> yeah. Hey, when you come to
2: Barney's house, there's no fentanyl here. (laughs) No (laughs) fentanyl here. Pure 100% Colombian. (laughs)
3: The the funniest thing about this whole thing, the Mattel announcements happening, uh, or maybe the the dark thing about it is that this has kind of been a week of studios announcing the dystopian futures of their company. So, you know, Mattel comes out of the Barbie movie, and instead of thinking maybe we give more money to auteurs to make weird pitches on our products they go okay we're making the fucking hot wheels movie mm-hmm. yeah that's one thing and the other thing is i think you sent this justin that disney is has cordoned off 900 million dollars of or nine hundred thousand dollars of budget to figure out how to um hire ai uh engineers yeah. uh Net- for the foreseeable I think future.
2: netflix is the one who put a number on it but disney is also exploring it is is one of the the, and Netflix is the one I think who has hired or is looking to hire, yeah, someone for $900,000 a year um, to,
0: yeah, I guess just figure that out.
3: I, I mean, cinema is dead, right? Like, this is it? Yeah. We're, we're done? We're done here?
0: Yeah. We had a good run.
3: I mean, it's it's I literally mean, going to become the medium work. Yeah. We're going to just be talking about a dead
0: art form. Yeah. <laughs> you you know? know, we had, uh, you know, we had 70s horror and uh French New Wave and lots of cool stuff. Yeah. Like martial arts yeah. movies. We had why Black Exploitation. Yeah, we had a lot of cool yeah. movements. Mm-hmm.
3: What uh, what what uh when aliens when the aliens that uh definitely exist come to Earth in five hundred years, when they go through your uh when they go through like film reels and criterion things, do you think that they're gonna think we worshipped uh like like Iron, Iron Man? Man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> these were their gods, and, the, and these were their temples. And it's like Comic Con Hall H or whatever,
3: it's just a burned it's out like Disney World. Center. Yeah, it's
1: yeah.
2: Javits Center kind of does look like
3: oh, a, yeah. like a contemporary version of like an old temple in that way. Yeah, it does, Just does. Hyper modernist. Well, speaking of God, uh, you guys want to talk yeah, about let's Barbie? Let's take
2: our first break and then let's uh, let's think about dying with Barbie.
3: You know, when they ask me what my job is, it's just podcast. It's not recording. It's not music. It's just
0: podcast. <laughs> and what a great job you do at podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, yes. Barbie. Greta to your folks. Hey, um, well, you know, I mean. I guess just so what do you
0: think is the connective thread between these movies? Existential dread. You think this is the pocket dimension created when uh, the uh, atom bomb went off? That's what created <laughs> Barbie land. They were uh, kind of baptized by the fires of the H bomb. It created like a feminist utopia. Uh,
3: to answer your first question, I think and we can talk about this more towards the end. But I walked out of double Barbieheimer when I watched both movies back to back on back to back days. Uh, feeling uh, empty in my soul. You,
0: you did Barbenheimer two days in a row? You, I did. you did the double feature two I days did. in a so, row? Oh so
3: God. I I made the uh, I me and my buddy were going to go see it both at Lincoln Center. We made the plan like mm-hmm. uh, three months ago um, because he, he, he had to get the 70 millimeter IMAX tickets and you only could get it like months mm-hmm. and months ago. Uh, so he did that. And then uh, my girlfriend, my mom and my sister and my dad also wanted to see it. So we saw it on Saturday and then I saw it on Sunday. So I spent a total of 10 hours in AMCs. <laughs>
0: watching movies. Yeah.
3: Watching movies about dying and thinking about dying, you know. Uh,
0: so. I uh, For both of these, I, I saw both of them twice, similar to you. I didn't do them on the same day because I just, I, cause you're smart at the end, at the end of a three hour movie. Like I, I, I feel like I just have to, you know, like see the sunlight <laughs> or something. Such but gross. there, I, I know this. And I mean, it wasn't just like in the movie theater. It was like all, it was everywhere in the city. Yeah. Like on the day that I went to, cause I, yeah, that's right. I saw Bob, ba- I saw Barbie first. And the day that I was like going to my showing, I was like waiting for the subway, and I'm seeing people in those Barbenheimer mm. yeah. shirts yeah. that that you get those targeted ads on Instagram for. I, I was seeing people who were who were like doing like best friend outfits, where it's like one of them is wearing like black, and like yeah. this one girl was in like almost like dominatrix gear, and then her friend was in like like trad wife, like polka dot fifties mm-hmm. mm-hmm. pink, like you know dress with like the bow and the hair and stuff. And it's like people really planned and, and like did this like it was like Halloween or or something, but like to spend an entire day Mm. at the movie theater. Isn't that crazy to think about? It is that this was such a cultural event and and no one could have predicted it. It, it. I mean, it both movies skyrocketed, uh, what their original box office predictions were because people just wanted to do the fad.
2: It's very, I don't know. There's something like, I don't know if it's bittersweet or if it's haunting, but there's just something very notable about this particular thing happening. At the time of this strike, right? Exactly. Like, That's what I was about at, to say. At the time right. that the right. most people feel like coming back to the movies. Mm-hmm. We don't know when we're going to be able to do that again this way. Yeah.
3: Um. Yeah. And,
2: and with such different films, which well, is part you know movies, what it, it is. It's
3: phenomenal. it's it's. it's sure. I had a similar yeah. Yeah. experience to you, Dan. I, both times I saw it, people were dressed in full cosplay for both movies. Um. And that entire weekend, and I thought it was that kinda, entire weekend. You know, yeah. I mean we on this podcast, but I think also film pundits have been begrudging the death of the theatrical experience and the moving of cinema is no longer the mono art form of America, you know, for probably like 80 years, cinema Mm -hmm. was the mono most important art form in America. Um, And I think over the last 10 years, but really expedited by the pandemic, we've watched it not no longer be so. Um, But this weekend, You know, Oppenheimer is just a biopic and Barbie is a movie about about a doll. And yet, because of a combination of marketing and also, I think people just being excited to see movies by directors at the top of their game with all these resources, you know, we've witnessed people go back to the movies and now it seems Mm -hmm. like it's over.
0: And it became this word of mouth event and, and isn't that like the most beautiful kind of thing where like just from word of mouth something becomes a big success because in neither film's marketing were they like referencing right. the fact that like they were coming out on the same day or anything like that it was memes and it was people making jokes and stuff and talking about how one movie was going to be uh, well, I guess they both ended yeah. up being kind of like existentially crippling in, in different ways, but like there were such tonally different movies and the fact that they were coming out at the same time, people were like, Well, we're gonna just do yeah. emotional whiplash and, and do one after the other, you know? Yeah. And and people people have been craving this kind of yeah. event thing. Yeah. You yeah. Know, and, and, and I think, think people have been
3: been craving it for non superhero movies. Like I think Yeah. I think I think people are like yeah. you know, people were talking about the last time we've seen this kind of Response was with Endgame, and I think Endgame honestly will end up probably being retroactively looked at as the end of the superhero craze. Um, You know, not Mm -hmm. that there won't be hits after Endgame, but Endgame seems to be the peak, and it seems like audiences are are like, okay, and now what? That's as good as it gets.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And and then there was kind of the beginning of the multiverse craze, which lasts for maybe like three years. Yeah, you know,
3: and then every once in a while you'll get you know a Matt Reeves Batman which does very well sure, or you'll sure. get a and across the Spider-Verse which was everyone's like mm-hmm. well this is a, a piece of pop art that I can't miss and now that's like the fourth most grossing movie of the year because people are like you know I'm sure in advertisements some people were like oh, I'm not interested in Spider-Man yeah. but by word of mouth people go no this is important mm-hmm. this is the future of film and then people go to see it you know what I mean so I think I think I but I I think the Marvel craze is maybe at its tail end. And I think this movie signifies, you know, that people are hungry for movies, but maybe not these, those movies anymore.
0: Hungry for variety. I think that's the main thing that it kind of proved. I mean, you could not have made two more tonally opposite movies, not, not shot the same way at all. You know, they kind of have some thematic carryover, but like not really. I mean, Part of the appeal was that there were such different movies mm-hmm. and both of them promised to be quality, you know, and and they really galvanized people into kind of becoming movie theater connoisseurs. Yeah, I guess yeah. from people who didn't really care about the theatrical experience, they walked away from Barbenheimer going, no, you know what, like getting your friends together and seeing something in a theater is actually pretty special.
3: Yeah. Dressed up pretty in pretty all special, pink. You know? Dressed up in all pink. Mean- yeah. But and also I think, you know, and then eventually I'll promise we'll get to actually talking about these movies. But I think, you know, it's something that we even Justin and I, we went to go see Talk to Me at an advanced screening a few weeks ago. And it was a full theater. And like people mm-hmm. were yeah. reacting to the movie. And I yeah. think isn't
0: and, that the best opening weekend for a horror movie? Well F- a fucking stacked house. Well it was
3: yeah. it was a stacked house and stacked. it was and if your own stacked works. Stacked house, you know? Yeah, you know the house was stacked. Um, but I think the house that stack built, I, I think, you know, what's so sad about this strike other than the obvious artists need to be making living wage is the yeah. fact that studios are willing to sacrifice the very industry that they live on yeah. in order to create product, which yeah. is, is the, you know what I mean? Like say what you want about Barbie. Barbie is not product. Barbie yeah, is it a
0: feel like content. No, it's not.
3: It's, it's a piece of IP that a creator has run through their personal oeuvre and made mm-hmm. something. And I think what, what the studios are, are thinking is, okay, that worked. So let's just cut and paste our way. And that's going to destroy movies. is really, you know, Yeah,
2: it's, it's an Ouroboros tale, the whole situation. If we, if we take out the writers and actors and we just keep making everything ourselves, through ai then that'll be fine but eventually you'll lose the base that you were building on in the first place and you'll just get smaller and smaller
0: well this is also kind of uh an interesting story of like development hell because for a long time this was going to be the amy schumer movie was gonna she was gonna be a writer she was Mm -hmm. gonna be barbie um i don't know who's directing I, i don't think they ever got that far but i know that amy schumer was like going to be the face of this um until as recently as like 2020
3: well dan the 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 option actually expired at sony which is what happened so pascal was supposed to do it yeah they do this pascal was supposed to do it with schumer okay i think schumer gets booted off 2017 Um, she exited negotiations i'm reading
0: okay so it was that early wow okay hold on
3: and i think off of the heat of little women what I would wage, I mean, I don't know. There's probably an actual article of how it happens, but I can't imagine that Pascal gets Little Women. It's a it's a box office mm-hmm. success. Gerwig gets attached. It goes to Ghost of Warner Brothers, and now it's Barbie. You know what I mean? Like, I think I'm surprised. I'm surprised Pascal isn't involved with this, yeah. uh, because she is kind of Gerwig's studio cheerleader.
0: Yeah, development um. hell. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just shook around so much and like you would see it in headlines here and there, but it always seemed like that kind of thing. Like, I can't imagine that actually coming out because nobody knows what it's going to be, you know, and yeah. uh, it seems like Gerwig and Baumbach just had the pitch that was most thematically ambitious.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It was, when was it? Was it like 2020 that it turned into a Gerwig f- thing? Yeah
3: i think what happened is she does little women in 2019 and on press for that she says i'm doing barbie i'm writing wow. barbie um and with bomb back. so she gets attached as a writer first mm-hmm. the way she did in little women where she gets attached to write she turns in the script and then i guess gets gets the director gig kicked down to her yeah. um but it is a bomb back gerwig production that i think they got the job in 19.
2: Yeah. Wikipedia says that um, Robbie Brenner in 2018 was hired as a producer by Mattel CEO, et cetera, et cetera. Little Women Happens, like Wes said. And then in 2019, um, Robbie approaches Gerwig to write. Uh, she was in post-production for another film and accepted the role on the condition that her partner, Noah Baumbach, would also write the screenplay. Mm-hmm. Gerwig then signed on okay. to direct in July 2021.
0: And at one point, I think uh, Baumbach loved the work that they did so much that he wanted to d- direct. But she was like, no, that's mine. That's mine.
3: I I think I read recently that the way Margot Robbie pitched also Margot Robbie. We're going to talk about her for a while, but more than anything else, I think she's one of the smartest Actor producers working mm-hmm. right now, but she she apparently pitched Gerwig saying Gerwig and Barbie are like Spielberg and dinosaurs. Like you, just, they're just intrinsically sm- mm-hmm. a smart move mm-hmm. to put them together. um And I guess, I mean, if we want to crack open the seal of the movie, I mean, I think. Well, let me start this way. I, Gerwig is is one of my favorite new directors. Dan and I talk about mm-hmm. Gerwig all the time. I, I think. I think she's incredibly brilliant. I think Little Women and Lady Bird are both works of someone that is exciting.
0: Lady Bird is one of the best movies of the 2010s. It's it's a I would agree. I mean, I sobbed like a baby when that when that first came out and I didn't think it would affect me in the way that it did. But the last 10 minutes of that are amazing.
3: Lady Bird is a top three movie of 2017, which is like the best movie year of the last <laughs> 10 years, you know? Wasn't, I mean? wasn't like 2017, 2017 also like
0: good time and stuff. Like
3: it's it's good time, it's mm-hmm, get out. Wow. It's late it, Blade it's Runner,
0: dunkirk Blade Runner 2049.
3: It's Blade Runner. It's a great it's uh, Colum- uh Columbus I think comes Call out. Call me by your name. Call me by your name is 2017. Yeah. It's it's an incredibly stacked year and I think Lady Bird is if not and Lady Bird is the most three. personal you know I mean? of those
0: movies. You know, of like the great movies. Of yeah. That year. So,
3: and and I think I know you guys are a little bit more cold on Little Women, I seen but it. I'm I've seen Little Women. Oh well, I, I you know I, Dan is a little well, cold than I. Am. Only, I think the only thing women...
0: is, I I just when I was a kid, I read the book, and then for class we saw the movie, and then at some other point I saw another movie adaptation of it. And then by the time I got to Gerwig's adaptation, I was like, okay, this is just another Little Women. Like I know the whole. That's you know, fair. Uh, so it's I, I was I mean, very fair to it. I,
3: I, I, I've seen Little Women, like, uh, it must have been like five times. but I and, I and I remember every time I watched it, I'm kind of struck by how um, ballsy it mm-hmm. is in terms of structure, in terms of the choice to um, make the dialogue, kind of uh, try to liven up the dialogue in a certain yeah. kind of way. The way the camera moves, it's so lively. You know, there's a great shot of uh, Sir Ronan running in the past or in the future. And then it just seamlessly um, match cuts with her running. In the past, yeah. um, and uh, I don't know. I think it's a really cool. It's a really cool movie. So when Barbie came out, I think all everyone's hesitations about oh, it's Barbie. She's moving into the IP machine was kind of assuaged by, you know, Margot Robbie's in this, Ryan Gosling's in this, Greta Gerwig's doing it. She's bringing all her team from indie film over. Her cinematographer, mm-hmm. all these folks, and she's referencing. I don't know if you remember this, Dan. She. Margot Robbie's letterbox list was leaked. Her letterbox was leaked like two years ago, and on her letterbox was a um, like umbrellas Barbie of, syllabus,
0: umbrellas of Cherbourg, and uh, it
3: was Truman and Show Titan. and yeah. and, uh, and um Splash and all these movies. And I think there was a built-in goodwill for Barbie going into it. And I think, listen, we're three men on this on this on this we, we, podcast. We don't even
0: need to do that. I mean, we. I th- but
3: I I'm just I'm just saying we are not the target audience for this okay. for this film. And I just want to say it up front. I liked Barbie. I think it's her weakest film. I think the good parts Mm -hmm. of it.
0: That's just being fair.
3: I think, I think, listen, I think the good parts of Barbie are great. I think there, it loses a lot of steam in the middle. And I think it loses all its steam Mm -hmm. at the end. Um, I think Robbie and. Ryan Gosling are giving great performances, but otherwise sure. I think it's Gerwig's weakest. It album. is
0: very ambitious for the movie that it is. Uh, like I said, yeah. thematically there's a lot going on patriarchy and third wave feminism. And what do these artifacts of the past, like Barbie uh, reflect about our presence? And that's all very interesting. And the movie's really funny. It's got probably the best set design of the year. Um, oh yeah. Genius choice to take, the you know malibu Dreamhouse kind of those little pink shitty like toys that you would see in little girls bedrooms and like actually give them the big soundstage treatment you know yeah um i agree with what you said about axe wes because i think by the time ruth handler like the ruth handler X machina thing happens the movie is just straight up like not very good at that point. I think it I think the first twenty minutes are like almost ten out of ten. I think the first twenty minutes are yeah, so I would agree. funny. The uh, Lizzo song, of actors, the Helen Miron yeah, stuff. Yeah, all of those yeah, yeah. are killing it. Um by the time we enter the real world and it looks like a commercial in a bad way, whereas previously it looks like a commercial in a way that was kind of to the movie's credit. Now it just looks kinda like flat. And then the commentary with the board of Mattel doesn't really hit either because you like look at you know what the board is in real life and it's like four women and like five men and like Ruth Handler was the president for like 30 years and stuff and they're they're just some of that commentary is like not really working and you Mm -hmm. like forget that those guys are even in the movie um, Will Ferrell yeah they keep
3: cutting back to them yeah they keep cutting back to them later and I'm like oh yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> these Will guys Ferrell's
0: just doing Will Ferrell you know uh, okay I, the pros I think when it gets to like the Barbies like trying to reclaim Barbieland by like manipulating the men and, and mm-hmm. like you know using their toxic masculinity against them that's when I think the movie is really clever mm-hmm when when uh, they're doing the whole uh, oh what is this it's the godfather oh my god can you start that over and talk over the whole thing you know like that's that's all can i
3: watch the really. godfather <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever she yeah. says i feel like that's the point in the screenplay where it becomes the most personal and pointed as though this is the part where gerwig's saying this is for you ladies out there who've been on a dozen annoying dates with a man who spoke down to you that's that's when the movie i think uh, we, where the writing is at is is strongest. I think the movie is funniest in the beginning, and then I think it's the most clever in that little midsection, and then I think there's a lot of peaks and valleys surrounding that.
2: Yeah, I um, I I, I wasn't sure. I really was not sure what to expect going in. I guess I knew that it was gonna be satirical some kind of way, but I didn't know like how. You know, like I wasn't—I just wasn't sure. And the only, the only Greta Gerwig movie I've ever seen, I think, is uh, aside from Lady Bird, is uh, I have seen Francis Ha, but that was so long ago. That's
0: a great flick. It is great movie.
2: Um, Good movie. And good movie. I think this feels more like lady bird maybe stylistically than it does like francis ha which i think is a bit more like run and gun and obviously just very oh, very really? indie but it was earlier in her career yeah, yeah um but other than that i you know there were parts of this where i was like i can't necessarily tell that this is directed by greta gerwig i can t- i can see i can yeah. sense the writing when i can t- totally tell that the, it's written by her but to your point, It's the whole Dan, commercial thing. I think that's yeah. what it is because there's parts where, like... There's there's that scene where America Ferreira and her daughter are driving Barbie away from Mattel and it looks like they're selling that car. Like, the way that they're shooting... It looks like, yeah, yeah. It looks like, like a Subaru book, commercial. It's so just weird. Yeah. Like, America Ferreira, by the way, also, I think, yeah. great in this. Um, even if Wonderful. her role is weird.
0: Even if that monologue they give her is extremely on the fucking nose. It
3: is, uh, but she works it.
0: She works it. Sure. That's what yeah. I was going to yeah. say. I was going to say backwards. it's like...
3: She takes she takes a monologue which is you know is essentially a bell hooks essay yeah you
0: know. uh, not mean, even I don't even think it not has even as much. no it's it's like something you would see on a on a t shirt in Walmart more I'm
3: probably. sorry I'm so oh I'm so sorry <laughs>
0: I think it just doesn't have it's, as much
2: de- like. Would, it's
0: very mean. surface level, and you're supposed to be hot, and not draw too much attention to yourself, et cetera, et cetera.
3: She, and I mean, she, I would agree with you, Justin, that she she works the monologue, but I think that's just because America Frere is a really good actor. That's it's what not, I'm saying.
2: Yeah, she yeah is I mean, really
0: good. She's really yeah.
2: Good. I don't think it's necessarily the writing of it. That's why I'm saying it. Like when she started talking, I was like, oh, I know where this is going to go.
3: Yeah. But then mm-hmm. as she
2: did it, I was like, this is she's doing what she needs to do to make this work. It's
3: it's um, it's kind of it's kind of yeah. like if. In Get Out, Chris stopped killing the white family to lecture the white family on what it's like to be black on racism. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you know. I mean, like
0: America, America Ferreira, by the way, queen of the press tour. Oh yeah. I mean, if there was there has been a reigning champion of Barbie's press tour, it's absolutely her. Yeah. If there's been a reigning loser, it's Simulia, who, who has just taken L after L on this on this press tour. Um, <laughs> And did not come out unscathed like many others. Uh, his, did, you his, see, his did you see? Is, uh, sure did, did you
3: see that, that video? I sure did. I know exactly what you're about to of say. him in Gosling. Gosling is like he like puts yes. his arm around Gosling and Gosling like whispers something to him and he goes, "Oh, no problem." And he scoots over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and he he went. Uh, there there was one interview where he said, "Um, I loved playing in an idiot. Like I loved getting cast as an idiot." And then America said, "Do you feel like you were typecast?" Yeah, <laughs> and he didn't understand
2: like yeah. the joke. I, th- th- I, what I love about the Gosling video is that there is, n- there's no way to interpret that as anything other than get your hands off. Like, there's nothing yeah. else. <laughs> There's hey, man, that, you that is up infinitely,
0: <laughs> by the way, more damning of, of like two co-stars relationship than uh the whole thing with with Chris Pine getting spit on by Harry Styles. Yeah, because that was like, OK, well, maybe but maybe not. This was like, <laughs> no, I don't like you. I forgot. I actually <laughs> don't like you. Don't touch
3: me. What The the funniest thing, though, is Gosling is kind of like Harrison Ford, but as a 40 year old man right. yeah, rather than a 70 year old man. Like I, I remember I remember I thought this for the first time on the Blade Runner trail because there were just both both annoyed that they were being asked questions and the way Gosling has dealt with that this time is just by pretending to be Ken and all of his things. So he'll be like, they'll be asking him a question. He's like, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know what Ken would do. Ken would do what Barbie would do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm Um,
2: curious what you guys think. Um, I think Gosling is good in this. In fact, so good that I was wondering what it says about his career, that this is probably the most expressive performance he's given, uh, Maybe ever w- like he's always, he's usually hired for his stoicism. It, well, no, he's yeah. good.
0: He's good at he's good and nice guys. I'm not he's not good. Sure, I haven't sure. seen nice guys, but I feel. But, so but Reffin, yeah, I, I think Reffin may have damaged his public perception a little bit yes, because yes. he kept he, it was it was like Drive and then Only God Forgives, where it's like okay, you're gonna play these two like expressionless like androids, Noir, and then yeah. Villeneuve was like, oh, oh, I'm gonna make you literally an expressionless, yeah. android. And, <laughs> and I think that kind of. I think that kind of hurt him a bit and he's and he's maybe trying to climb his way out of that. And then
3: First Man and then Chazelle is like, just sit mm-hmm. there and be Neil Armstrong. I think I think to go with what you're saying. Well, first of all, I think Gosling, this is the best Gosling has maybe been described. He's,
0: he's, he's really great in that movie about the fucking um, God, uh, Lars and the real girl. Have you seen that? yes he's really good at that. he's really good this
3: is what i was gonna say dan is so i remember seeing gosling for the first time in crazy stupid love Mm -hmm. as a kid and thinking this is the coolest funny guy ever and the thing about that movie is it comes out the same year as drive so it's like crazy stupid love comes out and then drive comes out in the festival circuit and it feels like those are the two twin poles of what where he could have went and he went okay i'm gonna do drive yeah for Ten years. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it feels like this movie is him returning to being kind of the weird, funny well, guy. like a silly which is, himbo, think,
0: man. Like, isn't that what we yeah. all love? You know, is, isn't that what, like, I A mean, I lister in Hollywood wants to be doing? Just playing a silly himbo?
3: He's now kind of getting, as all, critically, a lot, a lot of things get, he's getting backlash now. People are like, well, the performance isn't that good. Oh I think God. the performance is pretty good. Is pretty I i want to do the america
0: ferrera dialogue but like it is so hard to be ryan Gosling. <laughs> it's so impossible to be ryan Gosling. you gotta be funny but not too funny you again you know.
3: the, the 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 moment where i realized he was giving an all-time and i mean i don't know i don't know what the other performances this year are going to look like but he might end up on our end of the year best performances list but there's a bit there's a bit where he he tries that to kiss Margarabi. Robbie
0: is, is kind of coming we'll, for his. <laughs> we'll, get a little bit. we'll get
3: to it. We'll get to it. So so he goes to kiss Margarabi, right? And he goes, "That was great. Can we? Can I like come yeah. over?" And yeah. he does that whole bit, right? And Did she's like, what? "No, I don't want you in my house." Yeah. And he and he's like, and he goes, ha, 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 "Okay, no problem." And then <laughs> she goes into the house, and they cut to above. And he's by himself walking <laughs> And he puts his <laughs> he puts his hands into his pocket and he does he goes, Nah, I can't stay yeah, tonight. Yeah, he does yeah, a little yeah, dance. Yeah. And then he walks off. He it's plays so it all. hard to be time <laughs> so uh, like, gosling.
0: That sucks that people are turning around on him, man. I hate that. I thought everyone. Yeah, there's loved
3: there's him. been a concerted Well, I think it's that he is usually the first person they mention in mm, reviews. Sure. Yeah. And I think people are like, Well, Clearly, this is the Margot Robbie right. show, which, I mean, we can talk well, about her. There, mean, was,
0: there was that tweet, right, that kind of took off where it's like uh, Barbie's all about how like hard, about uh, how, how like women get like overlooked and stuff. And like we're all talking about Ryan Gosling instead of any of the female cast. I think that's maybe what started that Probably. chain reaction.
2: Yeah. Um, Margot's great. She's very good uh, in the movie. And I, again, like going in not only... Like me not knowing fully what the movie was going to be about, which is not a problem, also meant that I didn't know how the performance was going to necessarily be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wrote this in my in my letterbox review that it it does feel like Enchanted and Toy Story a little bit yeah. combined, and so like she like in the same way that Amy Adams like comes to the real world and she's enchanted, she's a fish out of water, and well, I come from Fairy Tale Land, mm-hmm. so everything is. You know, Margot is doing a, a a bit of that, and I, I guess this was a
0: bunch of like liberal arts degree dialogue, right? <laughs> yes,
2: yeah. But I, I I I think Margot's performance. Well, one of the things I didn't get to say about the movie earlier is that um, I, I feel like maybe the and you both have hinted at the pacing. I think maybe the parts where it'll like really hit the brakes to have these like existential realization moments. I don't know if they felt fully hmm. integrated um, for me. I mean, like there's there's that scene where she's sitting on the on the bench and she looks over at the old lady and they have that moment. She's like, you're beautiful. And the old lady's like, I know. It. I love that. That's scene. the
0: costume I designer. That's oh, that yeah. the
3: costume designer.
0: No, no, no. She that was the costume designer of of like a bunch of older movies. And was she
3: not the videos. costume designer on this?
0: No, not on this movie. No. Oh, interesting. It, it, she was the um, costume designer on uh, <laughs> that was Ann Roth. Uh, and she is like a legendary Hollywood costume designer. She did mm. uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, The Birdcage, wow. okay. um, Midnight Cowboy. That's the big one. Okay, the, she did the okay. she did the costume design for Midnight Cowboy.
2: Got it. Okay. and and Margot Robbie's dressed like a cowboy in that scene, so mm. maybe that's part of the yeah. End.
3: I I I just to jump off what you were saying just about the physicalities, and I'm going to ask at the end of this, I'm going to ask you guys who your favorite non. Margot Robbie, Barbie slash non Ryan Gosling Ken was, but I'll, I'll wait on that. Um, but but uh the thing about Margot Robbie's performance, a she's never given a bad performance. She's been in plenty movies that we were like, okay, yeah. Uh, but but she's I don't think I've ever seen her and been like, wow, what a shitty performance. I think she's always pretty top notch, um, even down to Babylon last year, where she's just on screen for almost every scene mm. in the three hour movie and is killing it. Um, but I think. I think the thing about this performance that's so interesting is that um, it's maybe her first movie star performance since Harley Quinn. Like mm-hmm. it's the first time she's had to use her persona,
0: right,
3: to power the movie. Um, and I think she does a great job. I mean, I think there's her. her my favorite scene with her uh, is not even a scene where she's talking. Is is the scene where America Ferrera is talking to her, mm-hmm. giving her the speech? The 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 AP um
2: <laughs> women's studies professor speech uh, yeah
3: yes but 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 she's the camera just kind of sticks on yeah. her face and she's I had an acting teacher in college I promise I'm going somewhere with this who said if an actor can blush on camera with no impetus with nothing with no physical thing given to them they're an incredible actor and she just she's just sitting there and her cheeks mm. go red and you're like and you're like this is such she's, she's such yeah, a good actor yeah, she's really um bad. And uh, I don't know, of course, the physicality to, to be able to go down that slide yeah. is a lot of oh, core yeah. strength. <laughs> you
0: know what I mean? If you, think about
3: that, uh, yeah. you know, she's kind of doing a Buster Keaton thing when she falls mm-hmm. into the car.
0: She's doing that like stiff Barbie thing when she sits down and she goes I'll just wait for a more leadership oriented yeah. Barbie to fix this whole thing. And 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 she, she tips she over. Yeah. <laughs> and tips over yeah.
3: Do you remember when she says how am I a fascist I don't control the flow of commerce. Oh my god, god I love <laughs> that line. I love I, that fucking line. I like that the Barbies are... They come into the real world and they're just... Like, they know everything. Like, they're just, like, politically astute. (laughs) They know everything. And the Kens come in and they know nothing. (laughs) They come in. in. The the best Uh, uh,
0: Gosling line comes from, from that moment you're describing where they first enter the real world and they see, like... They see like a Hooters ad, or like I think it's like a, a like Miss Universe pageant ad, yes. where it's a bunch of women yes. in swimsuits. Yes. And she goes to the, the Supreme Court, and you hear Ryan Gosling just <laughs> off camera go, "They're so smart." <laughs> <laughs> he's he's darling in this man. He's really good.
3: There's there is it not when he. When she tells him she wants to be his girlfriend, he walks out of camera and he goes, "Sublime."
1: Thank
3: you for reminding me of that because I
2: laughed. That's the hardest I laughed in the movie, and I couldn't remember what he said.
0: I like when he's putting his arm up on that uh, little like Western swingy door thing, and he's like flexing his (laughs) bicep. His Mojo Dojo
2: casa house.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know it's interesting
2: because 15 years ago, that maybe 20, if they made this movie, that would have been Brad Pitt, probably. Um, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of actors that have come along that have kind of done the Brad Pitt thing in different ways. Right, uh, but Ryan Gosling definitely, I think. There's a lot of other people who could have played this Ken. I mean, Chris Evans's brother is in the movie. Scott Evans is one of the
3: other Kens. Yes, mm-hmm. Scott Evans, Evans maybe yeah. could
2: have done it. Um, Channing Tatum you know could have done a, it. He's
3: not a song and dance man. The same. In- Channing Tatum was the one I thought of. Yeah, you know, could have you know been Tatum. Was a
0: pretty good Ken. Was uh, Michael Keaton in Toy Story Three? pretty, pretty funny that's michael keaton did you know that wait oh yes i did know that yes. was and keaton. he actually is fantastic
2: in that movie um but to answer the question yeah. that you that you previewed Wes, my favorite non Margot barbie is probably Issa ray i think she's just she's so brilliant. hot lately. in this dude. and she also looks great yeah she's it's, so it's, it's insanity
3: <laughs> I, I was watching the movie and I was like, this is she, that's th- this, this is, is, like, this is like, <laughs> like top
0: five, like best women have ever looked on screen. <laughs> yeah, but I got I got to say in a movie full of, you know, hot people, every, everyone looks great. I really love how much time they give to Hari Neff and mm-hmm. how they doll her up. And they Me too. And they have that would have been Ryan my pick Gosling, as well. I uh, have that moment where he takes her glasses off and he tells her that she's beautiful and mm-hmm. she kind of like blushes and stuff. It's such a perfect moment. Um, I like that she's not only the Dr. Barbie, but the DJ Barbie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, trans women are powerful and they can do anything. You know,
3: Hari like, Neff. What
0: a really, really cool messaging.
3: What a glow up for Hari Neff. She I looks mean, like,
0: amazing. She looks incredible. Well,
3: First of all, not a glow up, not a glow up physically, but like well, a glow too. up career yeah, wise. She like she she does Assassination Nation is as, like the fourth oh, lead, lead. Yeah. like six years ago yeah. and yeah. is now maybe the Third, the third most important yeah. Barbie in the <laughs> third, movie.
0: third yeah. build. Barbie, she's awesome. <laughs> behind, and I was worried because she was cut out of the trailers and a bunch of demographics. So I was like, how is she, how is she going to fare in the final cut? Like, are they going to make this a thing where you know overseas she could be cut out? But she seems she's a pretty important part of like the whole. You know, galvanizing the Barbies into like manipulating the Kens and stuff. She's she's like in all of those wide shots, you know, she yes. has that one with Ken himself. Yeah. yeah. So they, they give her a lot of significance.
2: There's another Barbie, the bigger one, the heavyset Barbie, uh, who we see in the court. I think she's a lawyer. Um, Can I say something? Who's, I don't know the name of that actress, but when I was seeing her, when I saw her, before you say whatever you're about okay. to say, so when, I, when she popped up on screen, I immediately thought of um, Nikki Blonsky from Hairspray. And I've been wondering where that actress has been. Maybe she just stopped. But, like, good, good it would have been cool to, to, to bring her back. Anyway, Wes wants it. to Wouldn't know what evil cool? Dan is
0: no, going It's, it's <laughs> they, for, for all the, you know, meta, like, jabs they make at Mattel, they make Mattel look really good here. Because Mattel, oh, Mattel has never done a disability Barbie. There's a Barbie in a wheelchair. Mattel's never done that. Yeah, Mattel has never done a plus-size yeah. Barbie. The Barbies no. are nowhere near as diverse as we see in this movie. Like, Barbie for the no. first, like, 30 years was some, like, housewife, you know, a white blonde lady who, like, took care of the kids and had, like, an ironing I mean, board they also, feature, you know, like... <laughs> and, then,
3: and they also didn't, they didn't, I mean, this is a, giving Greta Gerwig the credit she deserves, but, like, in the not that I'm an expert on Barbie mythology, but in 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 the Barbie lore, mm. the black Barbie has a different name, and the Asian Barbie the has
2: black a Ken name. has a different name. Maria was yeah. They're that's, all that's, like that's Cameron.
3: Like there was a there was a course there was there was there was a there was a concerted effort from Mattel to ensure that you knew the black one wasn't Barbie. Yeah, <laughs> and I think the strength weird, of this man. movie is that. It's just, they're just all yeah. Barbie and they're all Ken, which, you know, except good.
2: for Alan, Michael Sarah. by the way, a sleeper. Great performance. Yeah, it it is movie. It is so good. good. I'm always prepared to you be annoyed who? by him, but I found him quite funny. I keep in this. forgetting that he you exists know who is, uh, and then he'll uh, original... be in, like a
0: big project. Like I hadn't thought about <laughs> him for like five years and then he showed up in Twin Peaks. I was like, what the? F-? Oh, you're, yes. you're, you're still working. Okay. Shows up in Barbie. Oh my God, you're still working. Like what, what are you up to these days?
3: It was originally, uh, it was originally Jonathan Groff.
0: Crazy. No, he, he, yeah. he wouldn't have been as good.
3: No, he, he's, I think he's too he lighted
0: needs, The, the Sarah. He just looks like
3: another Ken. Like he yeah. may as well. Yeah, be, yeah, yeah. 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 Are you saying,
0: listen, you needed Michael Sarah knows the roles <laughs> that he gets. Yeah, he
3: does. <laughs> um, I uh I, I want to give a shout out to Wagwan Ken, the uh Jimmy Ken uh played by Kingsley Benedier. <laughs> Kinsley deer who's also super scroll. Did you
2: see the uh did you see the the weird like um like Malcolm X moment that they gave him at the end when when Ryan yes. Gosling Ken gives him the fur coat and he turns around and he says, like, we were we were slaves this whole time and didn't even know it, or whatever he says. <laughs> I'm like
3: did you, say, did you hear him say Wagwan? Do you hear him say Wagwan? I didn't hear that. <laughs> he did say Wagwan. Like <laughs> it's like four people are talking and he says Wugwan. it. He like sneaks it in. Um how do you uh, feel about the musical numbers in this?
0: I mean, I mean that first musical number. First musical numbers like perfect. Yeah. Where where I like those... the
3: I like the Grease the Grease Ken one where they go into the oh, uh that one's uh, awesome, the, uh,
0: dude. The way that when part I of it is can. baby yeah. blue. Yeah, I love how that looks. Yeah. Yes.
3: You, you guys think it. that this will be a movie where we in, in, I mean, it's already a stat cast, but do you think this is a movie where in 20 years, uh, some 15 year old movie fans going to discover, rediscover it and go like, Oh, like every person in this movie became an A-list star. Oh, eventually yeah, it's
0: going to be like mm. dazed and confused, but for Jen, Y or Jen Q or whatever?
3: Issa Rae is an A-lister, Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Those three are already locked, but you look at someone like, Hard enough. um, uh, R exactly. is going you, um, you look at the guy who's playing Doctor Who, the, the dark skinned guy, oh, yes. uh, who's gonna be Doctor yes. Who with the yes. blonde hair. The other black um, he's mm-hmm. wonderful and he's like a wonderful actor normally, but he's about to become the Doctor, which is you know, Britain's Superman yeah. or whatever the hell. Yeah. <laughs> <know>? uh, <laughs> I
0: I wonder if, if Mattel <laughs> will retroactively <laughs> deliver on some of the promises of this movie if they'll do like, you, you like a disability Barbie in like a wheelchair. You know, or something. I'm like,
3: sure. Cool I'm sure they if will they if there's a buck in it.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess that was kind of the whole message that Will Ferrell learns at the end, right? Like, oh, well, we can profit off of yeah. uh, depressed people by representing them in Barbie form.
2: Right. Yeah. So. Which, which I think ultimately, like, to like, talk a bit about the ending of the movie, um, <clears throat> I don't know. There's a point, you know, where I guess where you subvert so much that you don't have a foundation anymore. And I'm not sure what the takeaway really is, except I guess that like humanity is beautiful or well, specifically womanhood. But Barbie chooses to become a human woman. So I guess humanity and right. womanhood, through their through their struggle and strife, they're also beautiful. And obviously we have that whole montage and the Billie Eilish song. And then she goes to her gynecology appointment. Great ending. I think that is a great joke to end the movie on.
0: I yeah, it is. But sure. uh,
2: I do also just think like, what what's the what's the I'm, takeaway? I'm,
0: I'm not really sure what it's saying when we get to the Kens wanting some kind of like representation and government like to have one of them on the screen. Yeah I had a question about that. And they basically that. just flat out say no, no and, like, maybe one day maybe no. one day you'll get <laughs> as much power as women have in the real world. I, I like it's it's a funny gag in the moment but then you think about it and it kind of like unspools <laughs> the rest the movie of the film. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And this, yeah. And I was yeah, saying I was this I went to too. see this
2: with my I went to see both these movies with my girlfriend actually. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, But in the, in as the as ride well. home nice. I was saying like Obviously, like Wes said at the beginning, uh, I'm not the target audience for this. And I don't necessarily expect sure, that this movie, sure. which is called Barbie, will really care too much about how
3: the Ken
0: will speak to me. A Ken. Well, we are yeah. getting a
3: Ken movie. We are okay, getting a Ken right. movie. But that was announced.
0: Was it actually announced?
3: It's probably on that list. It was what's announced. He,
0: what's yeah. he going to be doing going back to the real world?
3: He's going to he's going to solve racism. <laughs> It'll be about a <laughs> black cat. You
0: do just <laughs> wonder, like,
2: what? They have that scene where, where Barbie tells Ken, like, you don't have to exist to be my boyfriend. Like, it's fine. And then this movie just doesn't necessarily have the time, number one, and maybe also the interest in exploring what else that's going to look like. So I guess that's the sequel. But yeah, to, to you would think that if you're in a created world and you have the opportunity to set up a paradigm of uh, equity – that you wouldn't just be like, oh, we'll we'll just make this the inverse of the way it is in the it's real world, so and women weird, will stay yeah. in charge. It's so weird. And you guys will maybe figure it. You, you'll get Ken's suffrage, Ken's yeah. suffrage in the future. I don't know. I, I I do think that this movie ultimately, like, beyond just being like, oh, this is a woman's movie, I, it feels like a very post millennial woman's film specifically. Yeah, yeah. Because I even when America Ferrera is giving that monologue, I can't imagine Barbie's been around for a while. But you know, I think like if a if a 25-year-old woman brings her 50-something-year-old mom to see this movie, the mom is probably going to be like, I mean, all right. Like, who knows how much yeah. the mom is going to relate to everything that's being said.
0: <laughs> I just remembered what the Will Ferrell line was. He said, it doesn't, uh, you know, insert blank here, Remind you so much of female agency, something, something about yeah, parties. yeah, and and that just really felt like I don't know, like like the, these like terms that we all grew up like seeing on like Tumblr and stuff, and then like <laughs> maybe you say it to like an older person and they're like, what, what is that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I so to I, kind of like back up your point. No,
2: absolutely. I think there's it's a post millennial text that totally you know? feels yeah, specific to that generation, which. I, I wish wasn't necessarily the case because we do have a really... I think the Rhea Perlman performance is quite beautiful, even though... She's
0: great, yeah.
3: She just becomes even though it's like weird God at the end. Yeah. Like <laughs> even though yeah. she's she's got... Which
0: is Root my time... Ex- no, I'm not going to say it.
3: I want to have, have a career. <laughs> Never mind. Go um, on. I,
0: I've been kind of straddling... Uh, a very, a very careful line. This whole, uh, yeah. Justin, yes. I was telling Wes about this right before we started rolling. My big fear of this episode is that we're going to end up in a compilation of guys shit talking Barbie on Talk- podcasts, <laughs> <laughs> of which there are already, I'm sure, very many instances of. So well, we're on I'm our p's sh- and q's, though. We've nerds, been good yeah. boys. We've the, been good boys.
3: Those two nerds who, uh who dressed up and said that uh, Robert Downey Jr. was yeah. better in Civil War than in Oppenheimer. Remember that yeah. guy? Remember that? Well, well, no
0: one will be bigger clowns than those guys are. So I, th- I think we right. at least have that. Going
3: you want to invite us. them on the media? Yes, board?
0: I do. I would love to talk to those guys. <laughs> just want to get inside their minds.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, uh, so, I guess yeah. to I guess to wrap this up, my question for you guys is um, what piece of Mattel IP do you want? Because it seems like they're just giving them away. So, oh. Let's
0: see with a quick Google search. We'll, I, we'll pull you, up. Yeah, here. let me see. What, Mattel right. IP. Our brand portfolio, Mattel Incorporated. (laughs) 45 more toy movies as IP and nostalgia trend continues. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uno, they're going to, Uno. I, I I already
3: have a pitch for the Uno movie. You can't have it. You Magic can't have Eight
0: it. Ball. Masters of the Universe, <laughs> I'm surprised does not already have a movie. That one's Wheels, no, that one's greenlit already. Thomas the Tank Engine. That one's greenlit. Rock'em sock'em robots. Ooh Let me God. fucking shoot that, man. I'll shoot the fuck out of a rock'em sock'em robots <laughs> movie, dude. I'll knock that out of the park.
3: A Thomas a Thomas yeah. the Tank Engine horror movie. When when is a, the rights revert
0: uh to public domain, I'm sure we're gonna get that. And it's it's gonna be like a bulbous. It's gonna be like a Cronenberg monstrosity, like a face coming out of a fucking big metal tank engine. Uh, but yeah, let let me do that. Rock and robots, dude. Justin, you're gonna be the blue robot. And the red robot's gonna be Daniel Day Lewis. Okay, good. And the, the referee guy is gonna be like Zach or whatever. Zach can't he's be, be, he's the be, cool. no, be the other robot. No, Zach's going to be the guy who's like, get up. You got to get up. You can't let him. Tre- hey, the get trainer. up, Rock. Get up, Rock. He's the yeah. trainer.
2: He's the Mickey Rooney. of. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Is this not the plot of Real Steel, the Hugh Jackman? Yeah. Whatever.
0: Is it not the plot of Iron Man 2 when him and Rhodey start boxing each other? In the room? <laughs> That's literally Rock, rock and Sock and Robots. So.
3: Which one do you want, uh, Justin? I don't know. Maybe
2: Bob the Builder would be fun, but you make it like oh, you make it like okay. Death of a Salesman.
3: <laughs> okay. Oh man! Well, let's rate it, huh? Yeah, it's, I give it a. I'll give Barbie three and a half. Um, Barbie monoliths from 2001: A Space Odyssey out of five.
0: <laughs> three female agencies out of. Uh, five I Am Kenuff hoodies that have already sold out on Mattel's website.
2: I <laughs> want one of those, bro. I saw I, that. I, I kind of po- wanted one. Sold out. I kind
0: of wanted one for a second. They're sold out, though. Yeah, of course they are. I'll be wearing that to work in the fall. Uh, I'm hip. Uh, I, I, Yeah, I'll give it... Um, How do you do, fellow kids?
2: <laughs> I'll give it three uh, twisted Barbie hip sockets out of four. Shout out to... Out of Out of five. Uh, shout out to Kate McKinnon, who we didn't get to talk much about, but I think she is quite, she's doing her she's SNL great. bit, but I think yeah, she's quite she's
3: funny and good yeah. in this. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Listen, I was looking respectfully. Enough. Throughout this movie.
0: At who? At, at Miss McKinnon?
3: Well, for a second there,
0: yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> You're out of your mind.
2: All right. Let's take our second break and then come back to discuss the bomb. Don't bring the podcast recordings in. I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: I don't know. Drake, Drake, <laughs> very, good. Adam Bomb. very
2: good. Very uh, good. Welcome, oh, folks. Man. We're back to talk about Oppenheimer, directed by Christopher Nolan. Uh, released, of course, uh, as is the whole phenomenon, the same day and yeah. date as Barbie. Um, so this is based on the 2005 biography American Prometheus by Kai Bird and Martin J. Sherwin, which I do after watching yes. the movie kind of want to pick up. Um, Uh, And it chronicles the life of J. Robert Oppenheimer, who, if you don't know, uh, ended the world Mm -hmm. by uh, by, um, creating uh, nuclear weaponry.
0: Gave men the power to destroy themselves. Isn't that such a Nolan line? It is. You gave them the power to destroy themselves. I have to know if that's from the book or if Nolan was just- That's a Nolan Nolan. line. (laughs) I'm cooking with this. Nolan was like, I'm spitting with this. He's been waiting to write that. He's been waiting to put that in a script his entire (laughs) life. Justin, you know what you could have done? What? Being a podcast host is no indicator of wisdom.
2: <laughs> I could have done that. I also could have done uh, uh, <laughs> uh, once it's once it's recorded. Nuclear nuclear war, perhaps all war becomes unthinkable
0: until somebody builds a bigger podcast. <laughs> 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 Until a bigger shrimp fries this rice. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast
3: isn't just self-important; it's actually important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Very cool. So movie. I think I, I think we should yes, talk about the most important thing yes. first, which is Benny Safty. Is that as a
0: best is, supporting actor nominee? Well,
3: is Robert Downey Jr.'s hair actually receding, or is that a hairpiece? No. I think they put it I think
0: on. this is a movie full of hair pieces because Alden Ellen and Rick is way too young to be. Receding.
3: No, no, no. His hair is really receding like that.
0: Are you fucking kidding me? That is That's so tough. toughed up, man. <laughs> Whoa, guys. It oh, happens
3: God. to everyone. <laughs> oh, fuck. fuck
0: dude. <laughs> you ever think about receding hairlines? <laughs> Lots of great supporting actor uh, yeah. nominees, uh, potential Absolutely. nominees to come out of this movie. Pretty much the entire cast from like Dane DeHaan all the way up to. <laughs> it Ben Affleck's brother what's his name Casey Casey yeah Casey um, all the way up to Casey you know
2: Yeah I I I'm curious for you guys I mean I remember Dan when the when the trailers first started coming out you were pretty vehemently upset at the concept of this film so how were you going in and then coming out
0: Do, do, do you want to know why Nolan has always been this kind of politically nebulous figure um mm-hmm. in terms of like storytelling his politics are always kind of impenetrable yeah you know like batman utilizes mass surveillance and the dark knight but like according to the logic of the movie it's okay because there was no mm-hmm. other option and he really had to do it and he only did it once you know so yeah. like it's totally fine um, so i'm like okay he's making a movie all about one of the most evil men in history, and he's notoriously like a hero worship kind of guy, yeah. you know, and a self
2: insertion uh, type of writer as well. Like, sure, yes.
0: physical...
3: down to down to dyeing his actors' hair blonde so they look yeah. like him.
0: All about uh, the good in men's hearts uh, trumping their uh, terrible actions, their deeds. If you yeah. Will. So I'm like, I don't know if this is the right guy to do Oppenheimer because I really don't want a movie that. Uh, does anything but condemn him. Um, But I don't know, I'm like sitting there and and I feel like it's starting off as kind of hitting like the regular biopic beats where we see him just like learning about physics by like throwing his like wine glasses against the wall and like watching how they shatter and stuff. And I'm like, okay, yeah. like this is, this is just regular biopic stuff. When did the movie win me over? I, I think it was before the Trinity test, but
3: oh, interesting it's that when,
0: it's, it's when I realized that they were absolutely going to condemn these people. It's when he included the fact that like, there was no need to like drop it on Japan because like they were going to surrender sometime soon. But like, mm-hmm it seems as though at this point he just wants the fame to like justify how much of his life he's like sunk into the project. And it's like, okay, cause that's real. Like that's the real Oppenheimer. So it's, it's it seemed like he was being fair. And then you kind of catch on that. Like, this is going to end with like him really being condemned. And, um, not that the movie couldn't be interesting without that, but I, I was glad that like Nolan's worst enemy wasn't himself this time. Yeah. You know, cause I, he gets in his own way quite a bit.
3: I think, I mean, I would agree with you, Dan. I think I was won over a little earlier. I, I think I was won over first by the fact that Nolan, I mean, if you were going to use a word to describe Nolan as a filmmaker, I don't think experimental is really one of them, not but no, he was really, right? really stretching with not just time cutting, but in terms of, you know, the atom is spinning in front of Oppenheimer's face when he's yeah, sitting in sure. his bed. And and then you get into, um, you know, the, the cross cutting is kind of a thing that Nolan's always been known for is intentionally uh, holding withholding yeah. information over time. Sculpting
0: in time, right?
3: Yeah, and sculpting in time is a great way to put Using it. Using time I think, like clay. Yeah. But I was kind of shocked at how loose Nolan was making yeah. this movie. His filmmaking was really loose. Uh, the, the, even the camera is moving all over the place. Um, yeah. the actors felt like really settled into their roles. It didn't feel stiff. Um, mm-hmm. so I think as soon as honestly, I think as soon as, uh, Alex Wolf, uh, Zach's, uh, nemesis yeah. runs out of the barber with the, with the newspaper I was won over, um, by the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I, and, and, you know, I was kind of with it throughout for the rest
0: did you know that the um, that Josh Hartnett plays the uh, the other physicist yeah. who, who's like accused oh, yeah. of communism and stuff? I have not seen <laughs> that man since Halloween H uh, twenty, where he plays Laurie's daughter, and Michael Myers like he, he does does he kill him with the roller skate or is that how he kills Joseph Gordon Levitt in that movie?
3: I don't think Joseph Gordon Levitt is in H. Joseph Gordon
0: Levitt is in H twenty. He's a, he, he dies with the roller skate. Okay, I forget how Michael Myers kills josh hartnett but this is just to say have not seen him since a slasher movie from the 90s i think he was like a teenage heartthrob he's but i wouldn't know he's having a banner
2: year he's having a banner year he's in black mirror as well this year hartnett Hartnett must have fired his
3: his agent because he he's not he was like a he was like an almost for a while like he was like it it would have been him or ben affleck he was and then ben affleck went through
0: he was in the faculty, so that's what else I would have known. That's him right. From. The, the Rodriguez in, movie, right? Yes, he's also in Black Hawk Down, uh, which I must have watched with my dad like fifteen years ago.
3: He's been in a bunch of Guy Ritchie, Guy Ritchie movies.
0: Okay. Mm, yeah, but I, 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 just know that he would. He, he used to be like one of those teenage heartthrobs who would be on the cover of those like, uh, like teen-oriented magazines where he's got like the hair in front of yeah, his face yeah. and stuff. He was like one of those guys. Um, and ha- haven't seen him since that Halloween movie. Or, or at least that's the main thing I think of. So it's really funny that... He's in a Nolan movie. Even crazier, though, was that Harry Styles was in Dunkirk just like casual. Yeah. Well, (laughs) well, Nolan uh, seems to love his like little teenage heartthrobs and like putting him in his historical epics. Very funny. Well,
3: I mean, Heath Ledger is kind of the original version of that, right? I guess. Yeah, I guess. He's a he's a heartthrob for years, and then he's the Joker.
0: I uh, you you do um, you do your pretty boy stuff for like the first five years of your career, and then it's like okay, I I I got to do a good time. I got to do a good time, or I got to do a Dark Knight or something. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I, 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 I was feeling similarly trepidatious. Um, and I think the first hour, if not the full first hour, at least the first 30 minutes, I'm like, why are like, he's getting bullied in college. Like, I don't care about that. Yeah. Like, you
1: know, he's like,
2: you know, he's standing there with his must up hair looking like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, Frankenstein. It's, it's, it's Edward Scissorhands. It's, yeah. yeah. Maybe not necessary, but I think I was. I mean, I was pulled in immediately by Killian's performance, and Me too. he goes without mm-hmm. saying he's fantastic yeah. in this. Um, I think when I realized, I loved the way that it opened and it established the fusion and fission differentiation, which I think, I, I wonder if you guys have the same understanding that that's a, it's a perspective thing. The fusion, the color is Oppenheimer's, and the black and white, the fission is uh, uh, uh,
3: Strauss's performance. Well, it's, it's, mean, obje- his, it's, a, it's objective, I think, is what he said.
2: I, I they they seem to both be subjective based on what they're because yeah, there's yeah. as as the movie goes on, sometimes they'll replay scenes both in in color and in black and white or grayscale. Mm-hmm. But the only difference is that it's like a, it's a difference of expression or perspective. I think I I assumed it was supposed to be also to to differentiate the hearings because Oppenheimer's hearing is in color, Straws's hearing is in grayscale, and so. That's And then when they blend the memories in with all that, that's when it gets a little confusing. But I wanted to say that visually it was interesting to me. Um, I liked the idea of the hearings. I think that was an interesting way for Nolan to include his signature, which, like you guys just talked about, is his kind of his interest in time that we've seen. Not just with, obviously, Tenet was like that to the max, but going back to Memento. Um, yeah, you know, Memento. Going back to, yeah. yeah, movies like that. So, um and this movie also does kind of have, we can talk about it, but there is sort of like a, a twist ending, but it's just, a, it's an emotional twist rather than like a plot yeah, twist, yeah. Uh, which I think is really, I, really cool. I
0: love, I, I think that whole, you, you know, I've seen some complaints that like people think the whole McCarthy trial like plot doesn't really measure up to the Trinity plot or yeah, I've like heard that. that before. I think they actually seamlessly kind of like lead into each other in a way that's like kind of perfect and, and I love the final uh, dialogue between Elrin Rick and, and Downey when he opens okay. the door for him to let him out the, uh, you know it's possible mm-hmm. that they weren't talking about you at all it's possible mm-hmm. they were talking about something more important and then lead into the most haunting scene
3: well hey, I would I would say on the grayscale versus the color I don't know if you guys know this I saw this in uh, 70 millimeter IMAX oh
0: did you? Uh, did you I don't know if I told you guys that no I um, hadn't heard, no, I hadn't heard. Um,
3: but uh yeah, you know, it was kind of hard to get. No, uh, <laughs> but but the thing about about the way they shot this was Nolan had commissioned Kodak to create black and white film stock right. for IMAX, which didn't exist before.
0: Tarantino probably fucking hates that man. Uh, oh, He's, I'm, he probably so <laughs> pissed off about that. <laughs> this motherfucker got black and white seventy millimeter. Uh,
3: I uh, I uh, when you watch the Strauss black and white bit, the interesting thing about it is when you're watching it, it actually looks like a '60s like red scare like docu yeah. movie when you're watching it on 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 uh, on on, 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 like on a, film like on film, on film yeah uh yeah uh, like a I, nuremberg, then,
2: judgment at nuremberg type of yeah
3: it, it has like a, a it has a very like a, a vintage look on it and then you you watch the color the color film which still looks like film stock but looks a little bit more like what nolan usually does hmm. uh and it really i don't know for me it it gave this feeling of like uh modernity and like a, a more antiquated feeling kind of crashing up against each other and always because yeah. you yeah. know there's there's that there's that great scene with strauss and uh and uh, uh oppenheimer where they're sitting at the desk and strauss moves the flowers out of the way and mm-hmm. you see it mm. into see,
0: DeHaan, yeah. yeah
3: and you see it first of all hold on Dane DeHaan. Yeah, oh, talk about welcome back! Wow, Dane DeHaan fired. <laughs> he, he, must have fired looked- his agent and yeah, take took acting classes because he was spectacular. <laughs> he was so good.
0: He, he looks just like one of like it's so weird because I always thought he had like a, a modern like bad boy face, but mm. then you see him in this, and and I'm not sure if they put any kind of. You, maybe they did like prosthetic eye bags or something but like he has a face in this movie that is just like someone from that period yes. and, that you would see in like one of those like legal dramas i think movies, he's just aging know? buddy
3: i think he's just yeah. getting yeah. old well,
0: maybe but he he his he had a good face for this movie i think yeah. he did. uh also the the guy who played um uh Roger Robb uh who, who's that actor he's in the pet cemetery remake oh, Jason guy? Clark Jason Clark yeah, yes. Jason Clark, absolutely fantastic. One of also, my the same thing where, film, yeah. yeah, same thing where it's like he, he has a like face for this movie. It's so weird. Yeah, he looks like a guy from this period. Yeah, so I, I, it is I,
2: exceptional. And, and there were so many actors who I I would see like Josh Hartnett, and I saw his face, and I was like, I remember you from something. But I don't know what. It's the same thing that happened with Benny Safdie. It's the same thing that happened even with Dane DeHaan. Like I saw him, and I was like, "What? Oh, that's who that Benny's is."
0: Benny's definitely my my well, stand. What is about so uh, great in that way? What
3: about Will Stronghold from Sky High when he shows up for about six minutes?
0: God, there's so many actors in this. Who is that again? Hold on. It's
3: it's Talk the one with, with the glasses Stronghold. who works on the Manhattan Project. He has like a long hair. It's Will Stronghold from the Sky High. The one with the glasses. <laughs> look him up. Look it up. I'm. A, I'm. A look. I'm,
0: a, I'm looking at the. I'm looking the him up, and map. I see him from Sky High. You're talking about um,
3: Michael. Michael Agar- Angarano. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: Strong- yeah. Okay. Who?
0: Yeah, Michael is. His name I is don't. Michael
2: Angarano. Will Strongholded. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. Wow. Can we review Sky High on the Medium Word? I mean, I would. I'm waiting. <laughs> we could do it
3: with Invincible season two. Oh
0: yeah we could do it with invincible yeah i like how sky
3: high and invincible i think in the invincible comics came out the same year that sky high came out and they're the same yeah. story That's except same his dad is evil um mm. but uh what were we talking about oh do you think uh like lucas till and like timothy chalamet are like why am i not in oppenheimer like why where, did they not get the call if
0: if you're an a-list actor <laughs> And for the weekend of Barbenheimer, you were in neither Barbie or Oppenheimer. It's tough, buddy. You got to fire that agent.
3: Chalamet was supposed to be in Barbie. You got to
0: figure something out. He was
3: supposed to be in Barbie.
0: Well, well, you know, he wasn't. So what now? (laughs) So what what now, Tim? What next?
2: (laughs) What happens now? He was probably shooting Wonka.
0: Yeah. Great use of
3: his time. Yeah. Flip that flip it, and reverse it.
2: <laughs> listen down and... and listen
3: uh, Listen uh, down. Because it's like,
0: scratch listen scratch up that, and something it. else. Yeah. Well, who cares? My what favorite part about. of that trailer is, is when I'm she goes, it. what are you doing? And he goes, so I'm making chocolate, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nutty. How do you like it? Nutty?
2: Absolutely insane? I, I think you, everyone who plays Willy Wonka should perform it as a criminal. I think yeah. that's the way to do it.
3: But remember, <laughs> mem- remember when there was that, uh, that like, cracked.com rumor uh read that gene wilder's willy wonka specifically was a nazi scientist
1: <laughs> yeah. uh,
2: well they have they uh that
3: weirdly enough does dovetail
2: back into one of the interesting things i i i uh i took from the movie which is obviously this is set during world war ii um and it is there's this would you, wouldn't you know it and there's this sort of um arms race right to get this nuclear weaponry figured out before germany does and now going into the movie i didn't know oppenheimer was jewish and Mm -hmm. what they really seed in the first hour of the film is like he his motivation it almost it's almost like he felt a duty for the nazis right the war on behalf of jewish people right Right. He wants to use it against the Nazis. And there's this whole line where it's uh-huh. like, he says, like, you know, America has all these Jewish scientists. Right. And, you know, and he, he meets the Heisenberg guy. <laughs> Um, uh, I can't remember that word. Who's, who's who's the, who's also
3: the guy from, uh, that Zack Snyder movie we we reviewed, like one of our first shows. This is what I was trying to
0: extrapolate on though, when I was giving my initial thing, it's, it's, I think that that's what I was talking about. Where like, when did the movie win me over when I realized that it's that this project is initially for Germany and then he kind of sinks so much time into it and he eventually loses his way. But that that yeah. is really and it's the taken story away from of Oppenheimer. him yeah, yeah. it's
2: it, it's 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 taken away from him i mean it still would have killed even if he had used it on germany for the nazis it still would have killed innocent people mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean there's no way to stop that fallout but it yeah it takes so long and so much from him that it winds up being well, we we you built this thing we're going to use it somewhere and we have to see what it does so let's just drop it over here yeah. um but i think yeah they they have that scene where he basically says like you know Either either he's talking to someone else or it's him talking with Heisenberg. Someone says Hitler isn't paying attention to this because he thinks it's it's Jew science. And that's yeah. what gives us our edge, because he's not devoting to our resources edge is
0: anti-Semitism. Yeah.
2: Right, yeah, yeah. Um so I, that was interesting in, in in a way of at least explaining his 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 morality. Um, but then of course, as the movie goes on, yeah, like you said, it becomes this uh this hellish sort of thing that he can't escape. Yeah. Um it's so many there's so much to talk about I, I do want to because I think we might get away from it I do want to talk about the some of the technical aspects in terms of the sound I know you guys were making yeah. jokes about sitting in the front two rows and, and being in the, <laughs> the I was in the blast zone blast yeah. Yeah. I was
3: in the blast um, zone. zone I was also I was in the sitting next row. to Grace Randolph <laughs> <laughs> wildly um, different experiences did with you the film. know
0: that McCarthyism was good did you I like
3: that? Grace Randolph, I hope this <laughs> this movie is what takes... I promise we'll get back to the technical stuff. The father of the I atomic
0: bomb was just not likable. He just wasn't a likable
3: guy. I hope this movie is what puts the nail in her coffin because she's like, she she's really like a She really doubled down,
0: man. People were she like, you're like a fascist. A People were like, you're a fascist. She was like, so what? <laughs> I'll always have an audience.
3: The, the funniest was when she was like, if the movie wants to win an Oscar... It needs to show a real life yeah. recreation of Nagasaki and Hiroshima. It needs to, to show
0: out. innocent people being obliterated on the streets of Hiroshima. It, and it's like it will be in an awards and, contender. and That's an
2: obtuse point of view, right? But also we have been conditioned to see that those are the movies that get awarded like that because they make. They make white people feel bad. That's why, that's why to look at all these slave movies that have won countless awards, 12 Years a Slave. Lupita Nyong'o is whipped for three minutes. I think when
0: he- Best picture, you're asked to grapple with the magnitude like of the Manhattan Project and its, its you know, ripple effect throughout the rest of, you know, human history, like the way we use weapons and warrants. I mean, it has a direct yeah. lineage to you know drone warfare and shit. I think when you grapple with that over the yeah. course of three hours and then to walk away and go, Well, I don't know if it'll secure the best picture or not. Like to, to immediately like care about awards like right yeah. when you're coming out of it is kind of crazy to me. Cause I mean it's I, a I really wild. don't even think about the Oscar shit until it's like time to talk about that stuff. Until it's like I, finally, it's and all, you
2: know what's nom- interesting. Enough? You know what's interesting? I'm forming this thought as it's coming out of my brain, so it might not <laughs> it might not word correctly. But so back to the technical thing. Obviously Nolan puts a lot put a lot of energy and attention and effort into depicting regular explosions yeah. um, realistically. So there's the flash and then the sound and the shockwave come afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same sort of thing where like, you know, that they, they talk about with gunshots. If you shoot from far enough away, you'll see the muzzle flash before because right, light like, right. travels faster than sound. That's the whole thing. In that, in the beautiful test uh, test explosion sequence, where there's that long period of breath mm-hmm. between the explosion and then the shock wave, he's watching the flames um, turn
0: black at the at the top yeah, of the mm-hmm. mushroom head, and then he says the line.
2: Yeah, he says the line. I I almost this is gonna I'm gonna sound like I am I'm, I'm I'm reaching, but I almost wonder if that. Is sort of a microcosm of a reaction like what Grandolf Grandolf Grace Randolph is having, where it's like you're so consumed by whether or not the explosion was big enough, the actual effect of the yeah. of the meaning, the meat of the thing hasn't hit no, you. Yet. Thinking about so it. you're looking at the life, visuals right. and then the the impact of it
0: hasn't yet hit mm-hmm. you. And I don't know. I mean, there, well, well, there's there's great lines of condemnation. Like at one point, Roger Robb says no moral scruples in 1945, plenty in 1949 or something like that. And I was like, yeah, yes, well, all right, uh, no one. And good job. I
3: also I also think that like, I don't know, I think that, I told you guys this I think the best scene of Nolan's career is the scene where he's being praised with all the right. American flags and then he has a panic attack and he sees the the flash yeah. and then he well, steps I mean, and it's the. I body. didn't
0: even register that. But I also panic think it—it it seemed more like just. Well, I guess a panic attack feels that way, but it seemed just like reality was like coming apart for him, and everything was kind of crashing well, well, in his mind all at once.
3: Well, I also think. I mean, I don't know. I think the movie is much more damning and smarter about this whole thing than it would have been if we just saw a recreation of Nagasaki. And I think it's, who would that be? What it for? is is you it. Know? Well that, well that's the thing I think it 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 holds back I think it's what you said Justin it it, it restrains it doesn't allow the audience to get the, the the catharsis of going well I'm a good person because I didn't do that you mm-hmm. know what I mean right. like you see the bodies burn up and you go well clearly I didn't do that because it that for a certain kind of person it, it fulfills a certain kind of voyeurism and I think the movie forces you to sit with Actually, the people who do evil things yeah. are these people, and they look like you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like this could be your father.
2: And and, and, and to
3: he- to your point,
2: Wes, like, I'm, and I'm stealing this from from something Maria said after we watched the movie because we were talking about that exact thing. I was like, I for a second, I was like, okay, I get not showing it drop on Nagasaki. I don't need to see. Like I said, I made a joke of like Ken Watanabe farming, and right. then he looks up
0: as the go inside, son and drops down, a- <laughs> yeah, like a big like light goes off on the. <laughs>
2: But um, there was a moment in that speech after after they drop on Hiroshima where as he's walking through, there's the there's the manic cheering and then there's also some people crying and sobbing. And I thought, hmm, could it have been interesting to have him imagining like Japanese people literally in the midst of this? But something Maria said is that like
0: exploitative
2: to your exactly to your point, Wes, he has to it means more to him if he sees it as affecting people that look like him. So when he sees that white girl's face getting shredded,
1: when he and
2: and when he sees these white these white people, you know, crying, it it's like, oh, this is he's mapping it to himself, and that is obviously what starts his cascade of guilt throughout. And and
3: and 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 it's all theoretical, right? Like that's his his great Mm. flaw is that he's he he only can imagine things in terms he understands. Like at the beginning, they say Einstein split the atom, and he goes that's not possible. I've done the math and they go, no, it's happening. It's Mm -hmm. happening. It's right here. And I think, and I think, (laughs) and I think, well, yeah. And I think, I think there's, it's the same thing. It's like, you killed 200,000 people. And it's like, no, I didn't. I built Mm -hmm. the bomb. And it's like, no, 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 you did. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's (laughs) the realization. It's the realization that the theoretical stuff, the dry stuff that he's allowed to to live in because he's a he's a white guy who's wealthy and that this moment who's very brilliant he's allowed to make it theoretical when in reality it's happening well, tangibly and yeah. i think like
0: I, well i yeah. want to this is maybe backtracking a bit i want to bring up the scene where he's in an auditorium and there's rows of people and someone's putting on a slideshow showing the uh, aftershock if you will of Hiroshima, like yeah. days and weeks yes. after the attack, and we focus on the audience. And he he, he yeah. says um, something to the effect of, "People who were able to make it out of their homes soon succumbed to their injuries." And you know, he sh- he's showing wounds and he's showing infrastructure that's become destroyed, and that would have been Nolan's excuse had he wanted to, to cut to yes. the slideshow and show the city and show exactly. those people, but he doesn't. He decides to hold on exactly. Oppenheimer. He looks
2: away. Yeah, he, he looks goes away. Like that. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I think yeah. that's just kind of his thesis is exactly what you guys are talking about. And, and I think that's kind of and, a, and also I, I mean the, that the, scene is the key, if you will.
3: And <laughs> the darkest, I mean, the darkest line in the movie, I think, is that scene where they have the piece of paper and they go like. They're like, who we have thirteen yeah. Japanese cities we could drop it on. Well, and he goes, Well, we can't drop it yeah. on this one. Well, my family's vacation. Make there. it eleven. <laughs> I
0: removed the city of Kyoto due to its cultural significance to the Japanese people. Uh, and my wife and I honeymoon yeah. there in the summer. Magnificent city. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, Dan. I, I you didn't. talked about this in your in your letterbox review, and I do want to talk about the writing because this is probably Chris Nolan's one of his best written films ever, too. And the way that he does satire, yeah.
0: And famously, his brother is the writer. You know, like Jonathan Nolan is always the one who gets like the writing accolades. But right. like, this this is just Chris on the it's on the keyboard here. You know, you know
3: it's it was incredible. you know it was all written in it was all written in first person.
2: He did I did hear about
0: that well half of it was half of it was the it was the black and white it was the subjective versus objective thing in the script
2: yeah and I I also read Robert Downey jr that's said cool. that it was originally printed black ink on red paper of course um, it was which, I think that's
3: I think that's so they can't copy the script they did that with force awakens
0: I guess mm. Justin this can be kind of a bridge into the the thing that kind of stuck with me the most is is that In making this biopic about one of the most, let's say in making a a biopic about one of the biggest monsters in history, it always reveals that the bureaucrats and the government that are kind of calling the shots, if you will, they are much more insidious. There's always a bigger fish. That scene with Truman is
2: outstanding.
0: Yeah. 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 I, I mean, well, it's the scene with Truman and uh, the scene that we were just talking about are, are like kind of boyfriends, I think. I, I think those two scenes uh, go hand in hand. Yeah. It's it's yeah. all about apathetic, Western centric arrogance and and just being being able to turn off that part mm-hmm. of your brain, because this is just a part on the globe. You know, people don't live there. Not people that I know. Anyways, you know, this is just yeah.
2: a part on the map. We're going to nuke it. In a way it also that scene with Truman also kind of I mean, I I don't know the specific politics of Robert Oppenheimer in terms of what political party he was assigned to, but I looked at that scene as a also a very interesting um allegory for
1: mm-hmm.
2: American politics between what we what we call liberal and what we call conservative, where the like because Truman comes in, he says, Yeah, we dropped the bomb on Hiroshima and 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 Oppenheimer says, and Nagasaki, and Truman's like yeah. Okay. Whatever. And it's like Justin. Oppenheimer, obviously, also who was responsible yeah. for this is like, hey, don't forget the other city. Like that's like the liberal thing is like, hey, there were two cities. Be culturally responsible and name. Could them you both. not
0: reskin that scene and just have that be Bush during like the war on terror of course. and just do it's the, the exact first modable? Just, just, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but you but, absolutely but, could. No, it's like Fallout. Yeah. But <laughs> but but the, but
3: the crazy thing about that is. Right. Like no one ever before this movie thought of Nolan as a particularly uh, clever in terms of West. Yeah. Guy. Uh, filmmaker. I mean, he fucking ends the dark night with Batman being like,
0: Hi, I'm George Bush. Withholding information from the public is actually OK and morally just sometimes. <laughs>
3: Do you remember that scene in Dark Knight where he's... Mass, he's,
0: mass surveillance <laughs> is actually really useful and helpful and stuff.
3: L- Lucius Fox comes in, turns on the lights, and Batman's just standing behind the, the computer screens,
0: Literally <laughs> like, listening to everyone's phone calls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: He's just standing and he goes, and Lucius Fox is like, this is... Like, when did you have the time to do this? And he's like...
0: <laughs> Lucius Fox almost like, becomes Edward Snowden. He almost yeah. does like a Patriot yeah. Batman's this like is Batman's wrong. like. I have and to find like, this man, Lucius.
3: He's like he's like, look at the fucking phones, I gotta <laughs> fucking deal with joker. it's like
0: (laughs) like, did you guys guys know by the way that that foghorn leghorn uh, Truman was Gary Oldman I I recognized him because I didn't know no I I didn't man it took me a long time I was like who is that maybe I'm just it's it's
3: like they took uh, Gary Oldman directly from uh, playing Winston Churchill and put another set of
0: (laughs) I think that's I think that is why it works so well is because it feels like it's a different movie that's like more just an American satire there you know, so hey, come on up. Why are you acting like such a corn cob cream dip about this whole debacle, man? So, what uh, we dropped a fucking bomb on some, I don't know, Chinese, whatever it is, sir, they were Japanese. Man, I don't know. I don't but, know yeah. if it was Chinese, Japanese, Chuck E. Cheese, man. I, I ain't got a fucking clue. Yeah. I don't, you don't see me crying about it. I ain't being a little bitch.
3: That's uh, a, that's an exact quote from what he said. Yeah, a, uh, and, I, I can't and, believe we're, we're 32 minutes in. We haven't mentioned downy or Blunt. I do want to talk
2: about that We have
0: I, mentioned Downey, but not it, as an actor. Well, well, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I do want to. I do want to say um, before we jump to that, uh, just continuing with that whole thing, even in terms of like the the liberal guilt, so to speak. Even uh, when they ask him, you know, what do you plan to do with Los Alamos, and he says, "Give it back to the Indians," like which,
0: like, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's that's the first time the scene starts to yeah. yeah where they hard. look at each you other know, like Truman's like. Hmm. All right. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> anyway, but yes. What uh, you trying to say, Emily? What you saying up, I... Emily Blunt?
2: Very, very good.
3: Uh, very, good. Yeah, very good very and, good very
0: good yeah and and downy yeah that scene where she's on trial is unbelievable it's, it's, yeah. it's beautiful
3: I, oh I, actually 16 i'm sorry 17 yeah 18 18 years <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really good
0: yeah she was she was great because um, i don't like your phrase and she she's kind of doing like a transatlantic yeah. thing yeah. Doing the, i don't like your phrase it sounds so Which like works cutting and i
2: also imagine helps her because she has a very strong english accent obviously and yes, she doesn't sure, do american sure. accents too often so
3: she uh, I, right. I it was in this movie I remember that Emily Blunt was this, was the the star of that Tom Cruise movie where he keeps groundhog baying yes, Edge of tomorrow. Over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and I remembered how much I liked her in that, and then I remember how much I liked her in Quiet Place, and I was like, Oh yeah, this is This like- is
0: gonna be a turning point, I think, for her career. She, she's gonna get like better stuff. For, oh. I think most people who are involved with this are gonna get better. I well, mean- I mean, Wes, Emily Blunt's not been getting the the best.
3: Stuff, I mean, she, man. she's been, I mean, you know, I mean, it's kind of the, the curse of being an A-list yeah. a- actress in Hollywood where the everything curse is of being married
0: to John Krasinski. To <laughs> stupid hey, as hey, as it does.
3: Wanda, I have kids. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh. <laughs> um, I think Blunt is great. I think Downey is, is, you know, I think the first hour and this has been a general consensus with people i've talked to i don't know how you guys feel but the first hour people are like downey is good he's here he's doing a good job yeah and uh-huh. then and then he there's a moment where he's in the black and white with the, the scene where they reveal to dahan behind the flowers yeah and he does a little thing where he goes well we have to tell the president and he gives it a little smile mm-hmm. and you're like oh this is a fucking Coyote. Like this is a fucking Mm -hmm. uh a wolf. And then he turns the performance and he's great.
0: Yeah. I um I I, well I I think he's the most pernicious in that scene where where like um they go into his study and like Dane is there. Yeah. And uh he's he's um he's giving him the file for like the case, kind of flipping through it. Can I have a copy of this? Dane goes, no, and he takes it from him. And when he's walking him out, Downey says if you appeal, they'll have to send you a copy. I was like, "Oh my god!" He was like born to play that part. He <laughs> was he was born to play like evil, like corpo, I guess, like bureaucratic yeah. guys. I like mean, that.
3: he he. I mean, I guess it's the elephant in the room. Like, I don't know. When you look back, Marvel, Marvel, but when you look back, Marvel, at, bad. No, but here's the thing: when you look back at Downey's performances in, as Iron Man, he's never given a bad performance. The issue. Right. Is that he was only playing Iron Man? Right. You know what I mean. When, so,
0: when Thanos stabs him and like he thinks he's gonna die, and he, and that like scene this. is incredible. Well, I mean the scene where he scene,
3: the yeah. scene where he uh, in Iron Man three make, activates the armor and it comes into his bedroom. And he like looks at yeah, yeah. it and oh, yeah. his face pokes into yeah. the, you yeah. know, I don't know. Or it's- of
2: course, when he, when in end game, when he kind of tears into Captain America for, you know, cause he feels abandoned and he's, he looks all skinny and everything.
0: It's great. I, I think. Welcome to the Marvel more where we talk, about, talk Marvel about Marvel all day and how much we love. Marvel. Um, but
2: I, I think so. I, I, I just, before I went to see the movie because they, and maybe this is partly to do with the strike. I don't know. They kind of withheld Downey, even in the marketing but suddenly like the, kinda, the week yeah, of yeah. he started doing interviews and press with Nolan and stuff. And
3: he did well, one of those. I'm most- sorry to interrupt you, Justin. Do you remember that, that trailer we watched at my birthday where he shows up as the, the bumper at the end? Yes. Like they do the whole trailer. And then at the end you mm. hear his voice yeah. and he just kind of goes like this. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, down. He's in this. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, and I'd seen his name on the cast list, but I still wasn't sure where, where, or how he'd show up. But, yeah, um, yeah. so I, I watched his, uh, career review video and at the end in the Oppenheimer section mm-hmm. he talks about how the challenge for him was you know playing a character that is like bereft of charisma unless yeah. he's right, trying right. to manipulate someone and he talked about how Nolan pointed him toward Amadeus and said you're Salieri in this situation Oppenheimer is is just Mozart yeah. and you're you know Salieri which makes me want to watch Amadeus because I haven't actually seen it all the way through and I think it's an interesting, comp- at least for the emotional relationship between them. But this idea of like, you know, this guy who clearly is very self-important and you have that line, right? It's not just self-important. He actually is important. Well, Straws is just actually self-important. actually are
0: important, yeah.
2: And he thinks he's more important than yeah. he is. And that's what, you know, obviously uh, trickles and becomes this whole McCarthyism, Red Scare, yeah. witch hunt that that, that he By the way, though. Yeah.
0: Uh, circling back to the press and stuff, him and Nolan are like that right now. Yeah, they're like boyfriends. Yeah, they're know? super tight. Have you have you seen that video of them doing the uh, Google mm-hmm. like yeah. search results little thing and and they're like shooting the shit the whole yeah. time. And Robert acting, Downey like, turns you know, upside down reads and reads the reads the stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're, I mean, there's, they're so cute. I mean, <laughs> I think
3: that. what it is is that Downey. I mean, I, I is he in the top three most famous movie stars on the planet? Like, yeah if not number two, because of iron. I mean, he's like,
0: couldn't, but, couldn't save Doolittle. though. Well b- <laughs> But here's
3: the, I, I want Doolittle in theaters. Uh, I think the thing about Downey is that he's raw material that has been untapped by anyone, but Feige for 10 years. Yeah, so I right, think right. seeing him come back and work with Nolan and Park Chan Wook, we're like, dude, I'm so, excited. Oh yeah. We're like, and Oh, you're it's, back. you Yeah. yeah
0: it's great to be like getting money like that, but the Marvel money he was getting and like it, it, it made headlines. Like by the time he was doing infinity war, it was like, it was like so many millions. I think he was making I, $30 I'm million, sure, million dollars a movie. Hmm. Yeah. Which is crazy. And I'm sure like at a certain point it made him seem like he was like unattainable. Yeah. And like now it's more like he's like a, he's like an A-lister of course, but like we can put him in our three hour, you know, historical right. biopic. In fact, he wants, he wants to do, to do it. it. You know? It's like, it's like taking, yeah, a, if he wants to do it. It's taking like an ice. And then bag. I'm sure it'll take 20 mil, Take twenty mil to do Secret Wars because you know. Yeah, sure, it. why not? That's what paid I That's don't, what keeps the lights. I on. don't you know, think he can do that whenever he wants. I don't
3: think he's coming back.
0: Was if they fucking come to his house and they are like, listen. Forty mil right now, and you just have to give us well your job. face. will be like, okay, and sure. we'll put yeah, you exactly. inside yeah. of a giant. It's
2: just your face inside of a giant Hulkbuster It'll
0: it'll be that Power Rangers thing. <laughs> yeah. where <those> <laughs>
2: See, he's he's like, Zordon yeah. talking to talking to Ironheart <laughs> yeah, exactly. inside her mask.
3: Talking to a uh, Dominic Thor. I he, I really he will do it. You I feel know, I feel gonna. really bad that Dominique came into the MCU right as Downey left. Like the character that she would be interacting with directly. <laughs> gone gone. He snapped his way Paper. out yeah
0: they, they they made that the peter parker relationship yeah fucking sucks, which is
2: man. bizarre um but i but i i think yeah it's like a, it's you know sometimes actors talk about this i think this for Downey was almost like the way certain actors talk about going back to theater like if you've been yeah. doing film or tv right, for right. a long time and you want to get back to the roots this is like an, a character study you're working with uh, a household name director um Heavy, you know, yeah, three hours long. Who knows how long the the pre-production prep period was and all that. Um, And I imagine Nolan is, I imagine he's pretty exacting. I don't know if he's, I I haven't heard stories about him being like Fincher where he does like 80 takes, but I imagine that he is a precise director who wants it a certain way. So I think this was a good like, like adrenaline shot for Downey. Um, And I think you see it, especially in that last scene where his motivations are coming undone and he's coming undone and he's, he's boiling over. It's, it's really fun.
0: I'd love to know like how exacting he is, especially when he's shooting with seventy millimeter. It's like is he burning so much right. of that That's, that you could have shot? I mean, like, he can. Movies, it's so.
3: his. It's his film.
0: And you know, <laughs> I guess so. well, I, I was actually surprised that this was just a uh, hundred mil. I thought that it, with all of these A listers, you know, and like the well, bomb, I think, yeah, I think, mil.
3: I think, what happens is a hundred mil used to be top of the barrel movies. I think. Right, right. I think the IP machine has tricked us into believing movies that are big, tap should be 300 mil. Yeah. But you think about, you think about, I mean, and not this just,
0: looks a million well, times better than justice league, a movie uh, that costs three times the month. Well, you, you think know? about
3: Dan, you think about the stuff that it takes to make a period movie, right? Like just, actors right. aside, IMAX, cameras even just the, aside. the
0: Truman Truman uh, Oval Office well, creating, with that old school big globe and everything. You know? I mean, the I, old I, school couches that you would see from those uh, photos of like uh, documentaries at the time and stuff. I mean, we talked.
3: To, I talked to Justin about this when we were on set for for a movie, but you know, we couldn't when we. I, this is the only time I'll ever reference the movie I made on this podcast. But 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 there, you know, you were there too, Dan. There were scenes where we couldn't shoot you or Justin. Street level, yeah, because there was a car, <laughs> and right, right, right. you know, so so so. Just thinking about the basics of shooting a period piece, having to yeah. rent a row of cars from the mm, from the forties yeah. to lie in a street, right? Yeah. For that scene where yeah. the FBI guy is just checking yeah. plates, think about how much money that is, you know. And he still makes it work with a hundred. Crazy! It's crazy. Really um, crazy. Yeah.
0: shooting on yeah. shooting on 70 you know commissioning it from kodak i guess it, it's such a luxurious place to be when you've had just decades of collaboration with like some of your favorite people and you can just continue to work with them you know because kodak has been his collaborator for, uh, hmm. since the dark night you know making i mean i think parts of the dark night correct me if i'm wrong i think parts of the dark Knight are oh, shot shot on 70 when it gets really when it are fills the imax t- frame you know what i'm talking i about? think
3: 30 percent of the dark Knight, 30 percent of the dark Knight is shot imax and i think 60 okay. percent of uh interstellar was and then tenant is 70 yeah. and this is 100 it's, it's uh
2: yeah
0: It's, it's, it's really the position I think everyone dreams of finally arriving at when they're like making little backyard movies when they're a kid, you know, like one day I'll be making movies with my friends and collaborators and we're going to be on such like an equal wavelength and like a fine tuning of what it is that we all do that like we can, and I also think, and I
3: also think, you know, know, and this might be uh, just to kind of bring this conversation to a close, I think this is why gerwig makes a barbie right because gerwig makes a barbie so that barbie makes oh i mean theoretically speaking right ideally in an ideal world
0: sometimes it's just not as like clear no no but what i I mean is like for you thing because you could it's still what i mean is though like a
3: lot of these folks make IP movies, right? Like Nolan makes his three Batman movies. By the third one, he's out of gas. Mm-hmm. He's tired. He doesn't want to make Batman movies yeah. anymore. But he makes these movies so that the studio goes, "Oh, Christopher Nolan was able to make a dead brand 2 billion dollars. Greta Gerwig was able to make a toy commercial a billion dollars." theoretically that means yeah. Greta Gerwig can make her Virginia Wolf biopic on IMAX in 10 years mm. I mean that's the way it should go uh, obviously the, the some of the strike is that that's no longer the case yeah. but I think I think you know every once in a while you'll get a filmmaker like a Jordan Peele who was able to do something like this on his third movie but like you
0: know what I mean yeah He's he's on like a similar trajectory, um, yeah, to how it's but, supposed to be. But you know, I mean, I think I think,
3: I think to wrap yeah. it up, this is definitely in my top 3 favorite movies of the year. I think it's an incredible achievement. Um I don't know. I don't really have anything bad to say about it, you know.
2: Um yeah, I I yeah. I think I mean, yeah, there's we, we easily could have sat here and just recorded about Oppenheimer for an hour and a half and I think I mean there's stuff also that's on my mind regarding we've we've talked and hinted at just how many actors are in here and it's a mixture of movie stars and new faces and I also wonder like how all Josh of the, Peck right I also wonder how all of the acting styles mesh because you have like you know there's you have like Matt Damon is the other big, the big. Josh names.
0: Peck pushes the big red button in the Trinity test. He does. He
3: does.
2: Um, you have Matt Damon, who uh, Wes very astutely said is doing the Tommy Lee Jones role in this movie, where yeah. he's playing like the gruff military guy who's trying to keep everything in line. It's against type for him, I think, but maybe this is something he's trying to stretch into. Um, I think
3: he's obsessed with playing non-movie star roles. I think Affleck, as he gets older, wants to play movie stars, Mm. movie star roles. And I think Matt Damon wants to not. Wants to mess with his image a bit more. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But it's like you have Matt Damon, Matt Damon's. Very particular kind of style of acting still shines through, and it is quite different from Downey's. It is quite different from Killian's. Mm-hmm. It's obviously different from Josh Safty. You cast you cast him
0: as like a gruff American, you know, all American dude. Kind yeah, of thing. you know, he's perfectly cast as a. Yeah,
2: and I, and I like him in the movie more than I than I I thought I would. I was worried because yeah. similar to Downey, I guess I'm like
0: I never really think twice about him. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. You almost take him for granted, but I guess I I was. Yeah. I was um, I was surprised and and not to you know I mean not to pass over him Casey Affleck uh, equally as scary
3: in this movie as he probably is as he is in real life yeah (laughs) Uh, just a threatening man so yeah just a man who's committed crimes that we don't talk about (laughs) just a criminal Um,
2: (laughs) I don't necessarily have anything bad to say either Um, I, I agree that it will probably by the end of the year be in my top 10 list I think that's a foregone conclusion. I'm going to go ahead and give it um four Tony Goldwins out of five. Tony Goldwyn holding it down, coming hot out of scandal where he's uh doing sex scenes with Kerry Washington mm. and now he's playing this guy, you know, in the hearing. Uh good to see you, buddy. So yeah. Oh uh, Good for him. And or four poison apples out of five. Yeah. I don't know if that happened in in, in reality.
0: Cyanide apples. Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna kill that man. Um it's <laughs> It's interesting because you see from American directors, like movies, they're very critical of the, I guess, like Western condition we've y- seen Verhoeven do it and Altman do it and Scorsese do it, mm-hmm. and, you know, like, even guys like Lynch. But Christopher Nolan who's who's been, you know, kind of distant from that, like mode of filmmaking. I mean, to to see him make a movie that's so critical of America and is so relevant to what we're going through right now while yeah. being a biopic, it's very impressive because you, you never get the indication from any other of his movies that he would ever make something that like straddles the line of satire as brilliantly as this movie yeah. does while being so serious and while really holding your attention and never being a full blown comedy at points being a horror. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the. the balance of tone in this is really really impressive maybe the most impressive thing to me because it is so grand and operatic and then it's it's also like a boardroom Mm -hmm. drama and then you have the fucking truman scene yeah very intimately Uh,
2: unsettling at points yeah
0: yeah yeah no it's it's an amazing analysis really of the the American condition, like through one of the most famous American Mm -hmm. villains that is ultimately about American bureaucrats and the American government and like how it's all so rotten to the core. It's a very, very, it's, it's so interesting. I've seen it twice already and I'll probably see it again. Like I just, the more I think about it, I think the more passionate I get about it. And I'm not a Nolan fan.
3: No, that's a surprise. Me neither. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, Oppenheimer's probably uh, five Florence Pugh fucking silly Murphy in the board <laughs> hearing uh, out of five. Hey. Yeah. Why would they do that if you if you want to win that case? Why would you have sex in front of all the judges like that? Man, <laughs> um, come on. What were you thinking? I uh, all
3: right. I have to run, but I will say I I absolutely agree with everything you guys are saying. I was shocked at how much I liked it. I haven't really loved a Nolan movie. I like I really like Dunkirk,
1: mm-hmm. but
3: I haven't I haven't. Yeah, like I Dunk haven't Kirk loved too. a Nolan movie really since Dark Knight. Um, mm. And I was shocked at how much I, I, I loved this. And I think with a few more viewings, it might have become my favorite of Nolan's movies. I think
0: was when are you seeing it again?
3: I don't know. Whenever I can get
0: tickets, <laughs> Justin, are you going to see it again? Perhaps maybe we'll maybe that's the three answers. of us write out maybe we'll maybe you want to do a
3: 2 a.m showing at the lincoln center that's the only <laughs> three boys three i hours.
0: mean if there is fucking seats man <laughs> um it's still sold but, out for like the next they keep
3: weeks. adding new shows in the middle of the night that's how much of a craze God, this is damn it. um anyway i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a five florence pew brown dye out of five um
0: wow I, I, fu- okay, I'm sorry. My brain is crude. but you said Florence Pugh, brown eye. Nah.
3: Oh, no. boy. <laughs> oh boy. Oh um, boy. That's not what you said. Florence okay, Pugh, good, by the good. way, that's not probably most not famous, one of the most famous actresses under 30, has just four lines in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> just comes in, has four lines. She she's good. great. She, she's good. She's always though. good. She's anyway, good. friends.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, I know you have to go, west. Um, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll close like it. You Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show. Love you y'all. can check out the back catalog on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and the Podbean app. We will... I said Podbean, Apple. Apple Podcasts. Tell app, us what movies yeah, we should uh, do. That next. And, um, and we'll be back with our season finale uh, sooner than you think.
3: Uh, hey, RIP to cinema, guys. Hope you enjoyed it.